Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. So we're not even halfway through the year, and it continues to pile on. We will get to the very latest of just this bizarre and sad world that, that, that we are living in right now. Crazy things are happening all around us. That's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app and on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates, all 200-plus that are taking part in the program. We always appreciate a few minutes of your time as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 50 percent or more on car insurance visit geico.com for a free rate quote ladies and gentlemen my guy bucky brooks what's happening man what's going on jonas what's but, happening I mean, this is such bs what are you talking about why can't i get an intro song you didn't ask for one <laughs> you didn't ask for takes? one you like, didn't ask you didn't ask to come out and be a, 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 a guy that has a kind of a little nasty edge to him. So that's see, that's what happens. See, but I feel like my role is to be like, you ever had a, a, a disagreement and this is always the most frustrating thing for men. When you know something's wrong with your better half and you ask them mm-hmm. and they go, nothing. Uh, okay. No, seriously. What's wrong? No, no, no. Nothing. See, see, that's where you're wrong, Jonas. Like when people tell you that there's nothing wrong. Okay, cool. 
<laughs> just go like, to the just go to the other room. Yeah. Like what are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Like Try what are you doing? One. Like why why are you why are you why are you prodding? Like, okay. why, are you, why are you like I'm just saying because like, I'm you? one of those. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's squash it. Let's address the issue uh, and just move on with it. But then you, what ends up happening is you get down the road of well, I mean, if it's not apparent to you and you don't know, then I don't even want to talk about it. That's how I feel right now. If it's not apparent <laughs> to anybody on the show that I want an intro music, uh, then I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, so so man. You, you can ask me what's wrong and I'll just say nothing. Mikey. nothing that's the way I'm going to take it. You're going to say nothing in pout. Yeah, okay. we we've got hey, so that's the adult thing to do. <laughs> right? Uh, we, we have got ourselves a four-hour extravaganza here on Fox Sports Radio. Bucky Brooks, uh, you know, MLB is trying to figure their stuff out. Uh, the NFL owners have failed us. We had an opportunity for a fourth and 15. They ripped that out of our hands. Um, all sorts of stuff that is happening. But I'm not one of these people. I'm not big into New Year's resolutions. When the clock strikes midnight, I'm either asleep or I'm drinking. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not, or working because it's a holiday. So I'm not, yes. I'm not one of these people that yeah. thinks, you know, a new year means a new me or anything like that. And I'm not one of those, these people when bad things happen and go, oh my God, can this year just get over with? I got to be honest though. Uh, 2020 is giving me a run for my money. This is, uh, this is craziness. And obviously the latest, uh, the tragedy in Minnesota, uh, George Floyd, uh, as, as, People have seen the video. One of the most disgusting things I've seen. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have seen it after after watching it because I didn't know what was actually happening until after the fact. Um, where does all of this, as we see the College Football Hall of Fame get damaged a little bit in Atlanta, rioting everywhere on top of everything else that's going on, where does all of this fall for you, Bucky, when you see what's happening and all the, the images and everything that we're watching on social media and on television? You know, Jonas, uh, there's so many different emotions, right? There, there's the emotions of seeing the heinous act that was uh, committed on George Flood, um, and 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 seeing and and going through the reaction and seeing uh, the the hurt and the anguish from so many people, particularly people from uh, the black community. But then there's another part of me that is just thinking about like the young people, the young athletes, the athletes that are uh, high school and college. And this time may be the most traumatic time that they've ever experienced. And look, and I know we always talk about like some people come from these hard backgrounds. Uh, they may live in impoverished areas. They see things, they have to grow up fast and all those things. And those things are traumatic experiences. But I think what now comes to the forefront is doing these moments more than ever. Coaches, team leaders, executives, they have to find a way to reach out to their young athletes and they have to nurture them through this time. And we have seen college coaches uh, in the last 24 hours make statements, um, reaching out to their young people, saying that they want to support them, they want to guide them, they want to give them the emotional support that they need to kind of make it through. And I think if people are paying close attention, because athletes are, you'll notice the coaches that are really extending the olive branch and trying to find a way to help their guys through and the other ones who have been silent. And I think when things eventually return to normal, those things will resonate and we will see a difference in terms of how athletes interact with those who are supposed to be like their leaders and pseudo father figures um, as they proclaim when they're coaches and leaders of these programs. 
you're a head coach at Granada Hills High and, and obviously well spoken on your end as far as leadership and, and how this can impact athletes and young athletes as they're really developing and growing into people and growing into young men uh, or young women, you know, whatever the case may be. Have you had these conversations with your athletes at Granada Hills High? Have you talked to some of the players and just said, hey, you know, have you felt like this was an opportunity for you to sort of move this forward and, and pass on the wisdom that you've learned from your time in the NFL and beyond? So there are a couple of different things that have happened since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, what I've realized and what a lot of people are realizing, uh, for most people, most of us deal better when we're in structured environments, meaning our day is planned out. Um, we have a sense of purpose behind everything that we do throughout the course of the day. What the pandemic has done is kind of put everybody in isolation or solitary confinement. And with the young people that I interact with at Granada Hills Charter, like some of the guys are having a tough time because they need the structured environment to be able to really just kind of flourish as young people. And so when they don't have that and they are at home and they don't necessarily know how to map out their day or how to react to the world that is kind of unfolding around them, man, they're, they're pained, they're distressed, they're scared, they're nervous. They don't know what it's going to look like in a week, a month, two months from now. And so I think it's important that as a coach, we address it. We have open dialogue. We ask them, is anybody hurting? Does anybody need anything? Because you're not only dealing with the pandemic and now dealing with like the George Floyd stuff, you're also dealing with people who are having uh, massive unemployment around them and how that may affect them and their families and affect their day to day and affect uh, whether they're hungry or able to have access to food and all those other things. And so when we talk about the support that coaches have to uh, issue out, schools have to issue out, man, this generation that is going through this right now, so much psychological help will be needed because from an emotional standpoint, they have to be at the brink of breaking because they have been hit with a barrage of things at one point, and somebody's going to have to help them work through those issues that are popping up. One of my favorite sayings is a hammer is either a tool or a weapon. It just depends on how you look at it. And it feels like with this much time on people's hands, you can either use it as a tool or it can be a weapon. And we've seen athletes um, that have been weaponized by it, that have been in trouble, DUIs, arrests. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Just strange things that happen. How tragic uh, the Earl Thomas situation going to be if, if, if his wife actually did pull the trigger, a gun that she thought had no bullet in the chamber. This is sort of eye-opening to everybody. And I think to your point on the – on the scared aspect of all this, because I do think that's a real thing. When when Kobe Bryant passed and he had that helicopter crash, I remember thinking, what is the real emotion here? Obviously, people are sad and obviously it's tragic and you feel horrible for his family and the families that were involved and all those people, because it's not just those immediate family members. It's everybody that extends to those families, friends of those families. It's like the, you know, the, the spider web effect. Everybody's sort of in your web, your life. So if something happens to you, it happens to them, too. And so I felt terrible for them. And I was trying to think, what is the real emotion that is that is happening here for every Everybody that really has, has got people so rattled. And I think it's exactly that. I think they were scared. I think people were scared because they saw, man, so it could just end like that. 
on a Sunday morning in January, it could just end like that. It could just it could all go away just like that to him. What does that mean for us? And I think that's why you saw so many people emotional. Obviously, there was a tragedy, but they were scared. And when you see what happened to George Floyd on a street and it's caught on camera, I feel it's sickening to think that his family members, that friends of his had to see that, that that's the image that they've got. That would that would traumatize me if that if I were a family member or a friend that would traumatize me for the rest of my life. It messed with me a little bit and I've never met the man. And the fact that that happened, I think the emotion that is really out there is people are scared. And you know this sometimes when you're scared, you react and it maybe isn't the best reaction. It, it may. And, and I think that's what a lot of is happening right now in the country. And it's terrible. Yeah, so um, with the reactions that we're seeing, um, the protests, uh, some would call them riots and all those things. So what you're seeing is you just rattled off like four or five events that have happened since January. Kobe's death, COVID, uh, George Flood. uh, We have the economy and unemployment rates rising in dramatic fashion. And so that's a lot to deal with all at one time. And then there's another layer to this. Uh, when it comes from an athlete perspective, right? So you have athletes, um, black athletes who are coming from neighborhoods where, look, they, they feel like they've kind of had to, to, to live in, in, in a kind of like, a, not necessarily a double standard, but just like there's a different set of circumstances that they feel like they exist under. And that even though you quote unquote make it, it doesn't necessarily protect you from those circumstances. And so when you see Steven Jackson cry out and have an emotional response to a friend dying and you see everyone um, speaking out like that, because we all have encountered experiences that either personally affect us or affected other family members. Look, man, I've in my own neighborhood, I have been jogging at five and six in the morning and I've had a citizen come up to me and ask me for ID and ask me if I live in the neighborhood even though I've been in the neighborhood for 10 years. I've had that occur. So when people talk about those things, there are many stories and instances that we all can relate to. Like I've been stopped for the cops in, in, a, in a nice vehicle and being asked for, for no reason as to how I acquired it and all those other things. And so there are a lot of relatable things. And so this goes back to three, four years ago when the Kaepernick situation came up and you had a lot of athletes speak up on it and those things. It's not just because they individually have made it. They know that a handful of people behind them or that they know have also encountered those things. And so I think we're going to have to get comfortable with athletes also standing up and using their platform and trying to advance social injustices and bring light to that. And we have to be comfortable with our athletes being more than just an athlete. I learned early on that never dismiss the words of anybody just because you never know what somebody can say that might actually trigger a thought or a moment in your life that you can use to better yourself later on. And so the idea that you want to tell a certain group of people, ah, just shut up, man. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Well, no, we have no idea when you see somebody and they're in a bad mood and, and you pass by them on the street and they look pissed off about something. You have no idea whether they were just cut off in traffic or they're dealing with a passing of their own. There's more to everybody's story. And I think, we need to, as as people understand that, and maybe be a little more forgiving at certain times that, that 
if somebody is speaking on something, there's probably for a reason. And and you mentioned it, you know, taking a jog and, and getting stopped in a neighborhood that you've lived in for, for years and years. That's never happened to me. I've never had that happen, so I can't relate to it. But the fact that you're talking about it here shows you that it can happen to anybody. And you're not a troublemaker. You don't, I mean, you know, you show off your exercise bike when you're on first things first. I mean, listen, when you're, on, when you're on Speak for Yourself and you're showing off your Peloton, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying you're kind of bragging a little bit. But, you know, I know you to be a great guy and everybody who's ever met you, like, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about you other than the fact you show off your Peloton bike on Fox Sports 1. But that being said, the fact that you also have dealt with that stuff, I think just, you know, when people are talking, don't just dismiss it maybe there's something they say that might resonate with you and you can use moving forward that's my always been my approach yeah no i think i think look out of all of this like i think some good can come out of it i think the big thing that uh stands out to me is um empathy humanity uh hearing joe burrow and trevor lawrence speak and, and speak about um knowing teammates and what they're going through and not necessarily being able to relate fully but being empathetic to their plight um to me that is that is significant progress because like the one thing about sports is sports can be the greatest uniter because when you're in a huddle, um, man, you have people from all kinds of different backgrounds, different socioeconomic, uh, situations, uh, it is a great uniting force to be on a team, to compete, and to see other people. And if we take the same approach that we do as athletes on the field and teammates and those things and just carry those things out into the world, the world is going to be a better place. But now what we need are not only the athletes, but we need the fans and everybody. Just a little more empathy, uh, a little more humanity, a little more respect for those that are around us because – as you said, man, you never know what people are going through. Jonas, I went past the food bank and like there are lines around the block, yeah. you know, and I'm not just talking about people that you're like, oh, you would assume that would be there. I'm talking about nice cars. Everyone, everyone is like two missed paychecks away from being in these situations. So we just need to pause and be kind and considerate and see if we can help those around us and leave it in a better place than we got it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, well said by uh, Bucky Brooks. Uh, Jonas Knox here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Um, what the hell is that? Can he get more than a golf clap off Golden Tee? How about for that? God's sakes? How about I that? Mean, Golden Tee. Yeah. Man, the match. Oh. Gosh, I know it's yeah, a week away, but yeah, wow, oh, that was a week away, but wow, that we, was awesome. We, we got to talk about it because that could have revolutionized golf. <laughs> I believe that could have revolutionized golf. Uh, that being said, uh, coming up next here on FSR, there is there's some growing skepticism about a major event in the world of sports, and I think this could be potentially catastrophic for an entire league. We will find out the latest from a world champion. That's next year on FSR. What the hell is this? Is this is this supposed to be my entrance music? Yeah, I, you don't I, you don't like that? Destiny like Destiny's child. Like you Can you're I have a say pop. in the matter? Can I have a say in the matter, please? I owe you like I mean, for God's sakes. All right. Uh, Bucky Brooks gets ACDC. I get this. Like, that, that ought to tell you everything you need to know about this show. Uh, <laughs> he is Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Uh, as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, coming up in about 10 minutes from now here on FSR, there's an interesting development with one of the best teams in the NFL and one of their best players 
players. And it might be a little bit of trouble coming up down the road. So we will get to that here coming up about 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Right now, he is Jerry Hairston Jr. joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He is a World Series champ. He's a broadcaster at Spectrum Sportsnet LA, and he's kind enough to spend a couple of minutes with us here. Jerry, Jonas, and Bucky, how are you, man? Doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? And uh, by the way, I, I, I'm digging that Destiny's Child. That's old school. I, I prefer <laughs> Destiny's Child uh, over, you know, Beyonce had some hits, you know, as a, as a solo artist. I know a lot of fans love Beyonce, but I'm a big Destiny's Child fan. Well, I mean, look, great to look at. I'm not not even disputing that. I'm just saying, if I'm if I'm walking out to the cage at UFC 398, I don't know that Destiny's Child is no, the one I want to no, go no. with. Yeah, I just I'm not sure about that. <laughs> um, Jerry, I I gotta ask you because it feels like the longer this goes on with Major League Baseball, the less optimistic people are that something's going to get done. Where does it land with you so far? Well, I mean, they're they're negotiating, but kind of like you just kind of talked about, we need to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. There needs to be a sense of urgency. Uh, I know the players are ready to play. You know, I've talked to a couple of those guys. They felt that they were able to uh, negotiate the economic terms in March, and and they're ready to go. But, again, they're still negotiating. The owners have their their side. The players have theirs. And I know the players are going to – uh, offer MLB their proposal either today or early next week, and we'll see where we're at from there. But make no mistake about it, guys. It's not that the fact that the players and the owners understand that they need to play. They they better not mess around and say we're going to play in, in mid-August and early September. They need to be first because this is the most important part. When the NBA gets back in late July, when the NHL gets back, they're going to be in their playoffs, Okay. The, the Major League Baseball needs to understand we need to be out there first and foremost in early July to start our season to be the only sports uh, teams playing, okay? This is a golden opportunity for Major League Baseball. They better not blow it. You know, in, in thinking about that, Jerry, um, and not blowing it, um, I just I just wonder, because there's such a divide between the players and the management, and we hear these things about the money and the players look like they're greedy and the billionaire owners, when we finally get onto the field, how much different will baseball look in terms of protecting the players uh, with the virus? Well, can I, I'm going to address the greedy part, guys. Okay, listen, the players are not being greedy. Like any other worker in America, they just want to be paid and be compensated for their work. Okay? They agreed, hey, if we play 80 games, we will only get paid for the 80 games. If you're going to go to work, right? And you're going to work uh, a regular year, and you work 200 days a year, right? Now the pandemic kicked. They said, listen, we can only afford, you know, the owner says we can only afford you guys to work 100 days. Hey, no problem. We'll pay you for 100 days. Now your boss tells you, you know what, you're going to come to work for 100 days, but we're only going to pay you for 25 of those days. What? Mm -hmm. Any person on the planet would say, wait a minute. I'm going to work. You're going to pay me, right? We agreed to that. That's exactly what's going on with the players. The players agreed in March, hey, we totally get it. We understand. Whatever games we pay, we play. You only pay us for those games. They totally get it. Now the owners, their proposal was like, listen, whatever games you play, 80 games, we're only going to pay for 20. That's the issue right there. Okay? And I think people need to understand that the players are not being greedy. They understand, hey, we're only going to play so many, so many amount of games. We just got to want to be compensated for the games they're going to play. I think that's fair. 
He's Jerry Harrison Jr., World Series champ, now with Spectrum Sportsnet LA, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on FSR. Jerry, as far as when you see these reports come out and the financials come out, this to me feels like the owners have gone public with this first because they're trying to paint players in a bad light and get fans and the media to say that these guys are being unreasonable with their ass. Is that how it lands with you? Uh, you're exactly right. You know, owners uh, have always been aggressive when using the media, but I think with now with social uh, media, with Twitter and Instagram, these uh, fans are looking at it for the most part, because I have friends that, are, that love this game, and said, wait a minute, what I just said, they're not going to get paid for the games that they do play? And I said, yes. So I think it kind of backfired on them, you know. But m- make no mistake about it. I think that was the initial proposal from the owners and seeing if the players will bite on it. But look at the player side. You saw what Max Scherzer said. He's one of the elite players in this game, and he voiced what every single player felt in the union. Guys, I have friends. I played with these guys. They're my teammates. A lot of these guys are still playing, and they've texted me. They've, they've hit me up. He said, Jerry, we have never been more united. Now, four or five years ago, that could have been a different story. But now these guys are extremely united. They understand what's going on. But they also understand what's going on in the, in the social, in the, uh, in the social dynamic, uh, dynamic of this world with this pandemic and what's going on in society today. They don't want to have it public, but, you know, it's been made public. Hopefully both sides uh, will figure out a way to get it done and get it done soon. You're one of the things that seems like it's a fallout from the virus and the kind of the economic repercussions has been the elimination, basically, of the minor leagues. Uh, can you explain a little bit why – teams felt the need to shed off so many minor league players and and just make radical cuts in the minor league system well i i will say this now i understand what organizations did they you know listen i have friends that are assistant gms that are minor league coordinators these are the type of moves that would have been made anyway after spring training every single year guys get cut and Mm, i know it looks looks bad for major league teams that are doing this but that's just the way of life. Every single year you have guys lose their jobs uh, during and after spring training because there are only so many players that could fit certain systems. So you have the draft coming up, and that's a whole other issue. Uh, but I understand what organizations have to do because they do it every single year. They cut 30 to 40 to 50 guys uh, around spring training or at the end of spring training. That, that happens every year. Uh, Jerry Harrison Jr. joining us here, World Series champ, uh, with us on Fox Sports Radio. Jerry, if you were if you were the decision maker and Major League Baseball came to you and said, "All right, we've agreed. Uh, um, you know, we we feel like we can put a season together outside of the financials. What would this season look like for you that you would feel comfortable with as a player?" I think as a player, you know, I know the the owners have offered eighty games. I'm with the players. Let's do a hundred games. You know, I think revenue, I think TV revenue will, will be huge. It'll help the owners. It'll help the players. And fans want to see baseball. And if you start the season in early July, you can get uh, 100 games and even have a World Series where it's a neutral site, whether it's in L.A., whether it's in Texas, in domes, or in, my, in Miami. That's also another dome. You can have this season, uh, playoff format, or even the World Series at a neutral site. Listen, we understand it's going to be different uh, than years past, this is only for this year. Just figure out a way to get on the field because our fans are clamoring for baseball. And I said it earlier, guys, 
this is a golden opportunity with the popularity of the NBA, the popularity of the NFL, which is coming in September. Major League Baseball needs to be at the forefront in July playing games. You know, Jerry, from a, a player standpoint, how long does it take to get ready? Because they've been off, they've missed spring training. How long would it take for a team or players to be able to get ready to play? I would say for the position players, it'll take them two weeks. Guys are hitting right now. Guys are working out in their, at their facilities or at their own ballparks in Texas and in L.A. Uh, these guys are working out, man. They work extremely hard. They keep themselves in shape. Uh, so for hitters, it'll only take them two weeks. I would say pitchers, they would usually need anywhere from 18 to 24 days uh, to be ready to go. So I would say three weeks for everybody. But make no mistake about it, guys. These are professional athletes. They know how to get ready. Uh, you know, and stay ready. And these guys are working out during this pandemic. Uh, Jerry, I got to ask you one last one for me, because I, I love talking to athletes who on the field have seen things that just never gets talked about elsewhere. You don't have to name names. If you want to, that'd be awesome. But you don't have to name names. But we heard a lot about the Astros cheating scandal, obviously, that you cover the Dodgers. But you know that better than anybody, and it's been talked about for the longest time. But what is another example of blatant cheating that while you as a player, you saw an opposing team do that just never got in trouble for it? Wow. Um, that's, a, that's a great question. Let's, let's be honest, guys. Everybody's trying to get an advantage on the field, whether it's doctoring the, doctoring the ball or if there's a runner on second base and they're trying to relay signs to the hitter. Guys, I did it. When I was on second base, <laughs> I, I, I did it. I wanted to get the, the best advantages possible on, on the field. Now, here's the difference. When you're in the field of battle and a catcher is showing you the signs, I'd be an idiot not to try to figure out on second base what those signs were, okay, because he's showing me the signs. But it's up to me to figure out what those signs are. What the Astros did, they took that off the field. That's the difference, okay, using technology – and using, the, using TV, using the computer to relay signs in real time, that's a travesty. But when you're in the field of battle, it's kind of like a boxer, right? You're boxing, and your opponent, you know, when he, when he dips his right shoulder, that means his left hook is coming, right? He's telling me what's coming, if you're smart enough to figure it out in the heat of battle, right? That's what baseball players do on the field. So when you're on the field and you're giving away signs and the other team is able to see it, there's, I have, no player has a problem with that. But when you take it off the field and use technology, now that's the issue. So how are you tipping off? If you see that the, that the pitcher is going to throw, that they call for a curveball or a breaking ball, and you're at second base, what are you doing to let the batter know it's a breaking ball? Well, now that I'm done playing, what I would do sometimes, I would put my hands on my knees to let them know here comes a breaking ball. And if I stand still, meaning if I'm just upright, then the fastball's coming. <laughs> I love it. I love I this would, stuff. I would let the hitter know, let's say after the first couple of pitches, he's still batting. I would let him know that I have the signs by standing on second base and looking at the outfield. That would relay to the hitter, <laughs> hey, I got the signs. So you can trust me. That's awesome. Uh, I love it, man. I, I think that stuff's fascinating, and, and I, I'm totally okay with it. I have no <laughs> issue. I think it's fascinating. Every, I, every team did something like that. You know, come everyone. Again, it's the field of battle. You know what I'm saying? Field of battle, you're going to take advantage of another team tipping it, tipping off their pitches, and you're going to try to take advantage of it. Jerry Hairston Jr., World Series champion. He's now with Spectrum Sportsnet LA. You can get him on Twitter at the Real Jay Hair. Jerry, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Anytime, guys. 
Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio. So, there, hey, Bucky, I know your son's a, a, a an accomplished baseball player. That might be, uh, you know, a little something. I know. So now I got to get him in the backyard. I got to <laughs> teach him how to how to tip steal and, signs yeah how to, how to maneuver uh, I, I love that stuff all right coming up next uh there is a uh, situation in the nfl that has all of a sudden popped up involving one of it, one of a team's best players find out what we're talking about next but for all the latest from around the world of sports uh, ladies and gentlemen open up your ears and welcome in the gas man david gascon what's up fellas gascon's coming up what's up gas <laughs> loud and proud man you had What's happening, some, Gas? You had some uh, you had some fiery tweets last night. Gas. People get pissed off, man. I know. I mean, I, you know, you, you, like, because how dare I say that the NBA wants no part of the NFL in the fall <laughs> and NBA fans get mad about it. Like, it's I love the NBA, too, but you got to be honest about these things. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I don't think you sandwich you sandwich that with potentially the postseason with Major League Baseball. I mean. Most fans don't turn into the regular season games. So once October comes, then the ratings really ratchet it up. So I mean, at some point, like what Jerry was saying, the longer we wait, mm-hmm. the more of a log jam there's going to be in the fall. Like yeah. was, there's almost going to be too much. And the, <laughs> and the thing that people fail to recognize, too, is, is you mentioned the backlog, but then also the recovery time is much shorter. Yeah. So you yeah. get back to pitchers and catchers, and then you get to spring training like that. Uh, that recovery time's a short period of time. And then on top of that, if you get any guys that are recovering from long-term surgery, like Tommy John or rotary cuff surgery, man, like the expectations are, are not there to get them back on the field as quickly as possible anymore. So, hey, man. That's why you got to gas up, Dave. Get on the stuff. Yep. Gas. Get on the juice. I'm yep. just saying, you know, I mean, you know. <laughs> Something. What do you mean something? What's wrong with me, Bucky? <laughs> what the hell are you trying to say, man? Something. I'm saying it's, it's critical. Like, shorter season, we got to get you ready to go. I'm so not. you may have to got to make sure you have I mean, a, D- you know Dave, what Dave, how do you think these actors get in great shape when they got to be ready for a movie in six weeks? HGH. You think, yeah, you think that's all natural? No. They've, they've got HGH pouring out of their eyeballs. Yes. Okay? So I think you need to experience uh, with HGH, and let's see how it goes on yeah, the updates. Yeah, let us know. All right. Juice. You think I could do that and become one of the uh, coordinators at Granada Hills? Mm. <laughs> That's a clean program, Dave. Mm. <laughs> well, and there's nothing, nothing against coaches taking any know, PEDs. I don't know, I don't know where we can kind of figure out where we can slot you at. <laughs> I mean, if, if Dave walked in the building, the fire marshal would get called. Oh, like, they would know. I mean, <laughs> right away. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> What about on special teams? I could coach a bunch of the wedge breakers, even though you don't allow that anymore. <laughs> oh, boy. Guys, uh, NFL news today. Uh, NFL Network reporting the 49ers and George Kittle are in some contract talks, but they're far, far away from getting anything done so far. Kittle's agent said, I don't care about the tight end market. I'm being paid to do a George Kittle deal. And mm. quote on that. Uh, Packers, they've signed their seventh-round pick. Defensive back Vernon Scott to a four-year deal and offensive guard. Lane Taylor's taking a $3 million pay cut. He'll make $1.5 for this upcoming season with an opportunity to make $1.5 million back through a few incentives. College football, Florida, Florida running back Lorenzo Lingard received a waiver allowing him to play by the NCAA this upcoming season. Ohio State basketball player Seth Towns 
was uh, detained last night by local police officers at a protest in Columbus, Ohio. School confirmed it. He was not arrested, but did refuse to comment after the incident was over. And the NBA planning on a vote by the league's board of governors come Thursday on a possible recommendation by Adam Silver to restart the season in Orlando. Expected time will be at some point in July. Jonas, why don't we get you on the gas? Listen, man, I tried uh, Andro. I tried the Andro 1 AD back in the day. I know. You know what? We could we could blame Shannon Sharp and Brady Quinn for that. And now, because I followed those guys, I was they, on Andro and everything else EAS brought out on the well, table. Well, no, because like they, I don't think those guys ever took any sort of like PED, mm. but they were sponsored mm. by the supplement companies. Well, but, I'm just saying. Wonder, but wasn't Andro considered a steroid though after no, the fact? Yes, because Andro, that's how people, they spotted the bottle in Mark McGuire's locker, locker yeah. and that's how they found out about it. And I had a buddy who was really into lifting weights and um, him and his friend, and, and he played junior college football, and I'm not going to say which, which program he played for because that would probably get the program mm. in trouble. But he told me, <laughs> Um, why don't you take Andro and you can stack it with like this 19 Nord D or whatever the hell it was called at the time. And I said, no, I'll just try the Andro. And for the first two weeks, I was exhausted. I didn't feel any difference. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just felt like I was dragging ass and kind of tired. The next three weeks were the most incredible workouts I've ever had in my life. (laughs) I mean, all, and he said it best. He said, here's, here's what that stuff does. It makes you constantly want to, want to get a pump. Like you're, mm-hmm. and so you're look, you're walking around the house looking for stuff to lift up because oh, like you're oh jumping boy. out of your bones. I, it's and, and no, so no. after oh. that after that one bottle, I got off and I said, I, "This is too much. I, I want no part of this." I got to get more pills. That's why you got no cartilage in your knee anymore, right? <laughs> well, um, uh, you know, I was about to say a joke there. I will not say that joke. <laughs> you can go right ahead. No, I will not. I, I like my job. Uh, all right. Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, coming up next, um, there is a an interesting situation developing for one of the best teams in the NFL and one of their best players. Find out what it is next year on FSR. Now I'm done. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can check out this show on the iHeartRadio app as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up in, we'll call it a little over 10 minutes from now here on FSR, uh, the NFL, uh, they have made their decision. Uh, they don't want to have any fun. So we will uh, we will dive into that here in a little over 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Bucky Brooks, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I did send out a tweet. Uh, promoting the show um, and uh, in the tweet I included one of your tops playing cards when you were a member of the Buffalo Bills I'm <laughs> what, just saying what are you doing I'm just I'm just saying that I, I want people to know I want people to know that we have got a celebrity oh, amongst us here on Fox Sports Radio Jeez. I mean I wish I, I had I wish I had a playing that. card that's awesome do you have any of those left over by the way oh man I, I think there are a million um in a shoebox in the garage. Oh, man, I, w- I would love to get my hands on one of those. That'd be awesome. If you could autograph it, too, it'd be great. I could sell it for more. 
<laughs> so you can sell it from yeah, for, yeah. instead of 25 cent, 30 cent. Come on. <laughs> like, that's we're, what, we're, that's going what through, we're doing now. We're going through a pandemic. It's either that or recycle <laughs> cans. What do you want? Um, all right. So, Bucky, let's. Um, it's amazing how quick the clock starts ticking on a championship window when you've got a team who's got Super Bowl aspirations and then players on that team who helped them get to that point are looking to get paid. Um, the latest was something that came out, according to Mike Silver of NFL Network, that George Kittle, the stud tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, his agent, Jack Becta, told Silver that the two sides aren't close on a contract extension. And he said, quote, I don't care about the tight end market. I'm being paid to do a George Kittle deal, end Mm -hmm. quote. George Kittle, if I'm not mistaken, is set to make uh, a little over $700,000 in this next season, but he would like a contract extension. And so here we go. 49er players are, are advancing past their rookie deal, and they're looking to get paid. Well, that makes sense. I mean, look, George Kittle is the best tight end in football. They have gotten him on a bargain basement deal. He's a fifth-round pick, um, and he emerged as a dominant player, not only as a wide re- a receiver, uh, a pass catcher, a guy who is probably one of the more explosive guys with the rock in his hands, but he is a dominant blocker. And with his versatility, he enables Kyle Shanahan to do so many different things with that offense. They can go 22 personnel with two tight ends, two backs, and use Kittle as either an inline tight end or wide receiver. You, you see him dominate on the edges. He can win one-on-one matchups. And so he wants to get paid like a playmaker. And we're seeing more of these guys who want to get paid like that. Christian McCaffrey, uh, is he a running back? Is he a receiver? No, I'm a playmaker. I want to get paid as such. Uh, with George Kittle, the issue that you run into tight ends at the top of the market, I mean, you're not making wide receiver money. Wide receiver money is $19, $20 million at the very, very top. George Kittle wants to get closer to that more so than $10, $11, 12000000 million that you see in some of these tight ends clock. Um, Austin Hooper is the highest paid tight end. He's got a, a signed a four year, $42 million deal, 23 million guaranteed. I think we can both agree. George Kittle's better than Austin Hooper. Um, as, as you mentioned, but this is where, and, and it's, it's crazy how this stuff works, but it's just another example of when you get to a super bowl, you got to close the deal. You have to, because, mm-hmm. You never can guarantee you're going to get that far again because all of a sudden contracts start to come up and you start to lose star players. And I think this goes back to why Seattle was so pissed off when they lost that second Super Bowl because they realized we're not going to have this same unit again. We had an opportunity to potentially be a dynasty and go back to back, and we were a yard away, which turned into a Malcolm Butler interception and another Super Bowl for Tom Brady. And the fact that San Francisco had that Super Bowl in the bag they mm-hmm. had it in the bag, and mm-hmm. they and they coughed it away. Now we get to this offseason, and you got one of your better players that's looking for money. Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you get to the cha- when you get to the championship game, when you get to the Super Bowl. Um, whether you win or lose, everyone likes to feel like they were chiefly responsible for the team's success. George Kittle has a a strong case to say, "Look, I'm I'm the best player on on the team. I, I make it happen." He he legitimately has that argument that he can say he's the best offensive player on the team, and that includes Jimmy Garoppolo. When you look at the numbers, when George Kittle is on the field and when he's not on the field, the numbers plummet when he's not on the field in the passing game and in the running game. 
And so I understand where his agent is trying to negotiate from a place of leverage that we're more than just a tight end and we want to be paid as such. I just don't know how how much you, you kind of rip up the tight end market to make sure that you're compensating him fairly for what he brings. And and I also think it's a testament to really um, striving for success and overcoming obstacles. The fact that George Kittle has turned his NFL career into this based on where he played college football. I mean, I think that's really something. Uh, the fact that he could do all this coming from such a subpar program <laughs> in Iowa, I, know. I, I, I think know tells you is. a lot about, about I mean, you know. The challenges that he overcame. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, Iowa, Iowa, Sam, your thoughts on George Kittle's development at the NFL level. (laughs) (laughs) He wants no part of it. Hour two next year on FSR. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The NFL and their owners have ripped something out of our hands. We had it. It was so close, and now it's all gone. We will get into that here coming up in just a couple of moments. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app and on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates, wherever you are taking part in the program. We hope you are safe, and we appreciate a few minutes of your time as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico. 
GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Ladies and gentlemen, the man himself, Bucky Brooks. What's going on, Jonas? What's happening? Uh, just hanging out. I was thinking about um, when, when I sent the tweet out of mm-hmm. you uh, with the Buffalo Bills and your playing cards. Did you have a starting lineup figure as well, too, or did you just have the uh, the I, trading cards? I did not. I never. I never reached that uh, status. I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't play long enough to get that. I, oh, man, that would have been great though. Because uh, I would have been telling- great that and a bobblehead. Oh, man, you can tell no me kidding. Anything. No kidding. Actually, our uh, our boss Scott Shapiro in his office um, at I it, I see it every time I walk in there. There's he's got you remember Big League Chew? Remember mm-hmm. that gum Big League Chew? First of all, the gum lasted like the the flavor on the gum lasted like twelve seconds. Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that it you could reach into it and it was in uh, it was shredded gum, so it yeah. felt like it felt like real chewing tobacco. Yeah, which is which is demented when you think about there's probably kids out there going oh man this is just the first phase and in, in, in going to dip afterwards but he's got a custom-made pack of big league chew with his face on the cover mm. and you can actually get those done so i don't know if it's bobbleheads big league chew starting lineups i i think i think we need to work on getting that done i think that has to happen <laughs> telling you or how about this here's an idea a gift at the end of next season when you guys win eight games and dave gascon takes us to mastros afterwards because he said you weren't going to win more than seven after you guys win at least eight games at granada hills mm-hmm. end of the year gift each player gets a bobblehead custom bobblehead Ooh, how about that yeah I mean, I'm not paying. That. I'm not paying for it. But, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure yeah. Gascon can do that. Like he, <laughs> he can, he can, he can deal with that. He ain't paying a dime for that either. Let me tell you. Um, all right. So the NFL, Bucky. We talked about it last week. The opportunity was there. I uh, felt like a golden opportunity. Felt like a chance for the NFL to do the right thing. All right, to eliminate a dud play in the league, which is the onside kick, for at least a couple of tries a game. And put in a fourth and 15 from your own 25-yard line to pick up a first down. You and I talked about it a week ago. We were all for it. And unfortunately, the NFL was listening to that show. And they basically told us to go screw ourselves because that has been tabled. And we are stuck with the dud play that is the onside kick. <laughs> I think there were a lot of concerns just about some of the things around it. So just in gathering and listening to what people have said, uh, one, they were worried about the officials being involved, pass interference, illegal contact. How would that impact the play? Would it be a free-for-all? Would they treat it like a Hail Mary? How would they officiate this play with, with so many critical things hanging on it? Also, the difference between this play and an onside kick, an onside kick, you can't advance the football. So if they're kicking off from the 30-yard line, you get it around the 42, 45-yard line, that's fine. With this play, I mean, anything can happen. You could talk about a 50 or 60 yard game that puts the ball now. Not only do they keep and retain possession, but now they have the ball in scoring uh, position. And so I just think there was some concern from ownership on how to handle those issues and will the play become kind of a, a gimmicky play. I like the play, I was a fan for it. I thought it would be great. Um, I was racking my brain trying to figure out from a defensive standpoint, how do you attack that situation? Do you bring pressure? Do you sit back in coverage? How do you deal with with that kind of pressure on you to get off the field? But I do believe it would be a fascinating play, and I think it's something that just needs to be tweaked and readjust and re 
kind of just, just just tweaked and readjusted and then proposed again because I do think there's some value to moving away from the onside kick where you have no chance of getting the ball back to a play like this that would give you about a 25, slightly higher percent chance of retaining the ball. That would be great for football. Okay, well, let me let me ask you. I want to just address the X's and O's aspect to it because as a defense, how would you attack it? And I do think that's that's interesting because I know Vic Fangio's applied this defense at times um, in the NFL where he just puts this – he sends everybody back, mm-hmm. and there's sort of this little window on the field that is available – but it's nothing past either a touchdown or he's got everybody on the end line and it's nothing past whatever the first down would be. Mm-hmm. So is that what this would look like? That defenses would have everybody drop back to the whatever the fourth and 15 marker mm-hmm. is and you just cover everything underneath. I mean, that is that is a strategy. What we call that, we call that playing the sticks. So the sticks are the yard markers. So what you do is you put everyone, they kind of drop to the sticks. You want to force a throw in front of the sticks and then everyone rallies and tackles. The problem with that, and we saw the Kansas City Chiefs do this a couple years ago when yes. Alex Smith was there. They <laughs> it ran was awesome. A, they ran a jailbreak screen to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> so they basically threw him a, a screen out wide, and they had a, basically a, a convoy of linemen running with him, and they blew everybody out there, and they scored on the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Um, so now you don't want to necessarily hang back and play prevent because you worry about those things. I in my mind, like having played for the defense coordinators, no, I'm going to bring pressure and make the ball come out. I'm going to bring five or six. I'm going to overload it, and I'm going to make you get the ball out, and I'm going to depend on my guys to make tackles. There's some risk involved in that, but I would, a, I would have to make the quarterback make a play under duress as opposed to sitting back and letting him think and wait and wait for these long routes like Pat Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl. I, I'm, not, I'm not giving him that much time to be able to make a play. I mean, Kansas City would have been a nightmare on fourth and fifteen with all the like. Who who would have been the most dangerous teams at fourth and fifteen if this rule actually took effect and a team is trailing and they decide to go for it on fourth and fifteen? Who are the most dangerous teams in your mind? The most dangerous teams are going to be the teams that have a quarterback um, who has the arm talent to be able to make the throw, but is also mobile enough that if a seam opens up, they're athletic enough to make plays because not only can they run and go get the first down, but they can buy time. And if you're only rushing three defenders and four defenders, you don't have enough guys that can harass the quarterback. So now he can kind of dance around like you play in a video game. That's when the bad stuff happens. So any mobile quarterback with uh, arm talent is going to be a problem because you have to make a decision on whether to pressure them. Do you sit back in coverage? If you sit back in coverage, can they split the seam and run for the first down? There are a lot of different things um, that can happen. And so to me, it would be a, fantastic tactical play to see as part of the game. And if you could do it twice like they were proposing, man, you talk about being a team that is a high-powered offense. And even though the odds on paper don't sound great, you're talking about 26% um, of teams converted in that situation. If you're a high-powered offense and you have a couple of those plays – Man, you talk about being able to dictate oh, the terms man. in a game. <laughs> here's, here's the other part. Okay, imagine you're Kansas City, and Kansas City takes the opening drive of the game, and they go down the field and they score. Hmm. And they come back the next kickoff, and they elect to go for fourth and 15. Mm. And they pick it up, and they go down the field and score. And then they come back the next kickoff and say, we'd like to use our second fourth and 15. They pick up the 15 yards, and they go down the field and score. Before the other team even has possession of the football, Kansas City's got a 21 nothing lead. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, like, it's awesome. Now, Jonas, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gamer, a former gamer. I don't play as much as I, I used to, but this is right out of the gaming playbook. Like, when you're a gamer, you're playing Madden, and yes. if you can figure out the code, figure out a cheat code on how to get the onside kick or those things, like, what you do, you're relentless in terms of scoring and onside kicking and getting the ball back, and you're trying to put people in a hole. And so if you can put – uh, teams in a hole where now they're chasing points the rest of the game. It it creates opportunities for your defense to play better than they may be um, expected to play. It gives a, 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 a an offense that is high powered advantages. I think there are a lot of things to it, but I do understand why ownership paused because coming on the heels of the PI review that was terrible last year, they didn't want to jump into something that wouldn't go over well and would drastically change the game. I mean, if we're just thinking, who would have benefited the most from it? So I think Buffalo would have benefited from it with, Ooh, with Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Running around making plays. Uh, Baltimore would have benefited from it. Houston. Uh, Kansas City, obviously. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Seattle. A lot of teams. You're throwing out a lot of teams. I mean... I don't think anybody outside of the Panthers in the in the in the NFC South would have benefited from it, uh, based on mobility and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you get to, I mean, you, you got to include Aaron Rodgers in that. I would think, like, yeah, there's there's probably seven eight teams. Um, I think I think Dak and Dallas might actually benefit mm-hmm. from it. Um, so there's probably seven eight teams that would have benefited most from it. And from what Ian Rappaport said when he reported on it, he said that it was a sixteen sixteen split. I don't know mm-hmm. necessarily that I buy that. Um, I've, I've also wondered because I know Art Rooney was one of the, uh, and I would love to see which owners actually voted for it because I would, I would venture to guess it's owners who have that mobile quarterback that you said, mm-hmm. like that, that's that, that would be my thinking, but Art Rooney of the Steelers, uh, and this was reported said, well, it felt too gimmicky. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I think is gimmicky. I think laying a football on its side and asking young way Koo to dig it into the turf. So it gets a high enough bounce is gimmicky. Like, I think that's gimmicky going forward mm-hmm. on fourth and 15 doesn't feel gimmicky. It feels like an opportunity to, to, to stay alive in a game. And I just feel like the NFL whiffed on it. I really do. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it would have been a great addition to the game. Much like I'm still waiting to see more teams go for it on, uh, two-point conversions as opposed to just settling for extra points. Um, you have to be daring. You have to be bold. It looks a little different to the eye, but the people that can figure it out and that are bold enough to take advantage of it, yeah, there are huge advantages to being able to do it. How much, Why are people not – why are coaches not going for it more on, on, on the two-point conversion? Because it looks different. So what happens is when you go for it on a two-point conversion and you're playing the numbers and you're doing all those things, everyone that comes from a conservative tilt, they – can't wait to see those things go awry. So you're the team that tries to go for go for two, try and ch- play the numbers game, and it doesn't work out for you in this game. Well, the criticism that you're going to receive is going to be immense, and people tend to lose jobs when the voices grow too loud and you're unconventional and those things. But if you're able to kind of like play the long-form game over the course of the season, it's going to play out. So when you go for two, um, based on the way the numbers have been, like most recently, uh, two-point conversions are like extra points are converted now at about a 94% clip. So that means with like a two-point conversion, you only have to have a, a 47% conversion rate. 
So if I go for it the first time, I come back the second time and don't get it, I just need to be 50-50. I just need to be able to get it. I don't have to get it every time, but every other time, and I get the numbers. But if I do get it in back-to-back trips or whatever, it changes the number game. And and that's why and so for people out there that are wondering what forty why why forty seven percent what does that mean it what you're meaning is you only need to make it half as much as you would normally make an extra point because it counts as double yeah yeah so so I mean you talk about bang for your buck so just imagine okay so we we're a team that always goes for it like at Granada we always go for two like so we score we it's go because you're two a every savage time. you're, you're no, constantly we, trying to you know stomp on people when they're down no we didn't really have a kicker like, <laughs> we didn't really have a kicker like, I mean I wasn't trying to. I was trying to air him out. I but, mean. but, but, um, however, I will say this about Cece. She was the city soccer player of the year um, in the L.A. city section. So I want to give props to Cece. She uh, is going to Oklahoma on a scholarship. So um, she was learning how to kick. So we gave her opportunities, and she made uh, – she was 100% when she had opportunity. But we always went for two because it creates pressure. If you can think about it this way, Jonas, um, you score first, you go up 8-0. They score – they may or may not get it. It's eight seven. You score again. It's now sixteen seven. Yeah. If you get it, so now everything that you do from the other team standpoint is you have you're creating pressure on them. You're chasing, chasing points. Yeah. And so Chip Kelly did this a long time ago because they would always go for two early in the game when he was at Oregon, and it would give them advantages. It is just another way to create pressure on the opposition if you have kind of like the confidence to deal with everything that comes to you. When you lose in a way, it's similar to what Golden State and, and other NBA teams started doing when they started shooting threes. Like, why, yeah, would, you, why, why yeah. would you why would you pull up on a fast break and, and shoot a three? Well, because it's worth more. And if we've got the shooters to do it now, you're forcing the other team to try and get into that type of game. And nobody does it as good as Golden State. And so they end up chasing points the rest of the game. So, yeah, um, yeah no, that's that's fascinating. Now, um, so was she, she had never kicked your female kicker at Granada Hills had never kicked a football before she stepped onto the field. No, she hadn't. She's so great though. I she mean, killed it. left yeah. lefty or righty? Righty. Okay. Righty. Um, yeah. There, there was a, there were a couple of female kickers at Thousand Oaks High uh, before I got there, and I think they might have both been lefties. Like I think they might have both been lefties, but if you were to ask them, they would tell you it's it's a completely different world. Like it, it's just different. Remember Tony Miola was a uh, was the goalkeeper of the 94 US World Cup team, and if you remember, I think he tried out for the Jets. I think Tony Miola tried out for the Jets. It's a completely different world. It's 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 too the shape, everything else involved what you're asking him to do. So the fact that she actually went out there, credit to her. Good for mm, her. That's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She's so great. Uh, Bucky Brooks, Jonas Knox here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, coming up next, uh, we are going to ask our NFL analyst what he thinks of some news regarding potential quarterback extensions coming up here very, very soon. Find out what it is next here on FSR. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up in, uh, look, I don't know specifically when it's coming, but I know that it is happening before the end of the hour. It is the Iowa Minute, all right? The Iowa Minute, which has been called by many people in sports media, most notably me, the worst segment in the history of sports. Oh, I think radio. it's I think it's the best minute. The best minute that's out there. It's the best yes! minute out there. Yes! By the way, yes. yes. Come on, the, I'm support. I'm being I'm being supportive. 
You're being supportive right now, Jonas. The Iowa Minute has never been a minute. That's the problem. All right, it is poorly named and poorly executed. Come it's, on, it's a minute for each school, Jonas. And, and, and we're on. the one, we're the ones that get Come punished. On. I look at Bucky's in my corner. Maybe that's why he gets the uh, walkout music. You know? Yeah. I don't be know. positive. Be positive. Maybe you oh. scratch my back. I'll okay. scratch yours. Yeah. You know? Okay. You know? That's how this is working. All right. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So I, I see. Uh, I see. You know who's buttering whose bread here. I see how it works. A little behind the scenes stuff happening. Here. A little. A little behind the scenes. A little behind yeah. the scenes. Hey, Jonah. So look, I I just made a, a broadcaster faux pas the last segment because we talked about. Uh, my kicker, Cece, and I just referred to her by her nickname. I didn't give the people her real name. Cordelia Cross is her name, and she's going to University of Oklahoma on a soccer scholarship. She was our place kicker, knocked down a few PATs. So I just want to make sure I give her props for being city section girls soccer player of the year. How about Damn that? straight. And by the way, Cordelia Cross, that might be the, the best name I've ever heard. That's an <laughs> awesome name. Cece, yeah. yeah. When she was born, there was zero chance that she was just going to be like everybody else. Cordelia Cross, <laughs> like they had had no had no chance but to be a superstar. So good for her. That's awesome. Uh, that that's fantastic. Um, all right, um, Bucky. You know, I, I feel like you know. And, I, and he's not with us here, so he can't really hear us right now. Uh, you know, Bruce Gradkowski joins us every single week, former NFL quarterback, analyst for Pro Football Focus. He's a friend of the show. We love Bruce. And because he can't hear this right now, I feel comfortable in saying it. But I feel like the past several weeks, he really hasn't had his energy level up to a, to a certain standard. It feels like his energy just hasn't been there. And, and I don't know if it's just that he hasn't been able to, like, eat or, or something like that, or what's happening? But uh, but I'm assuming uh, he's he's with us uh, now here. Uh, Bruce um, Bruce Gradkowski, are you there? Guys, what's up? I'm feeling great this weekend. How you now, doing? I mean, so so what changed? I mean, it feels like your energy level is starting to spike before our very ears. Did something happen, Bruce? Did you get into the cupboard or something like that? Well, I'll tell you what. The the quarantine for us eating, we were on that cleanse. It ended on Wednesday. And I've been on a binge eating until today. Wednesday, we had pizza, and we went and had my restaurant social. Thursday, we had Indian food and cake and ice cream because it was my wife's birthday. You know, uh, Friday, you know, my wife cooked tacos, and tonight we're going out to eat again. So it's just. It's just nonstop. I actually just had to get a four-mile run-in because I really was starting to, like, get depressed and, like, <laughs> going to food coma over here. <laughs> I mean, that that's good. No, that's good. I mean, that when you – like, you were suffering through that cleanse, so the fact that you got it all in, and uh, and Bucky pointed it out last week, the fact that all the work that you'd put in has now been wiped away because of the four-day bender. I mean, I, I'm okay with it, Bruce. I think it's, I think it's perfectly fine. It's normal behavior. Well, and that's that's the case, Buck. I'm telling you, like, I had one piece of cake and ice cream, and I was like, you know what? I already feel different. It went right to my stomach. So I, I said, why, why even stop? So I had, like, two more pieces of cake. <laughs> we had these little cheesecake bites. I had, like, five of those. I had a coffee with extra sugar and caramel in it. And, I mean, I, I just went all out, and I don't even know if I'm going to stop now. So, uh <laughs> 
I mean, listen, uh, it, it's it's the way to go. Once it goes downhill, you just got to you, you go with the momentum. Why try and why try and fight back to get to the top? Um, Bruce, I wanted to ask you this. There's some rumblings out there that uh, Patrick Mahomes has become contract negotiations. Deshaun Watson has become has begun contract negotiations. If you were in the shoes of either Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, what are you asking for based on what you've done in the league so far? Oh, man. I mean, it, it's going to be really cool, actually, to see how these contracts get laid out uh, because it, it's going to set the new standard. I mean, these are two of the best young quarterbacks we have in the league right now and, and for years to come. So, uh, you know, without, you know, with this pandemic, you know, hopefully this is kind of towards the end and we're going to get past it. So the, the NFL is going to continue to grow. And Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are the face of the NFL, Lamar Jackson, for a long time coming. So, man, I, I don't even know where do you, where you start. Is it $45 million a year? I mean, Buck, what do you guys say? $45, $50 million a year? I mean, it's insane to me. I mean, it's I mean, it's going to be big and substantial. I think the thing that Pat Mahomes has going in his favor, he still has uh, two years left because, like, he plays this year on about a little over $2 million, then if he plays on the tag, it'll be $24 million. So if you can imagine, depending on the way the revenue shapes up, if he waits a little bit, it's never going down. Oh, man. It's only right. going up. And so <laughs> I think the thing his, his representatives have to do is just kind of figure out how to kind of time the market in terms of they don't want to sign a deal that's going to be un, like undervalued like really, really quickly. So they have to put it way out there so no one will surpass it because people are going to view Pat Mahomes as the standard and no one is going to go over that. Just like for a long time, Aaron Rodgers, no one would sign anyone to a deal that surpassed Aaron Rodgers until Russell Wilson was able to nudge past it. Right. You know, and that that's the thing. And, and I think, too, look, I think it's smart by Kansas City because you said it, he has a few more years left on his deal. So he's basically p- playing for peanuts. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I want some of that security, right? So, you know, possibly Patrick Mahomes' camp and himself, he probably could settle for a little less than if he continued to just play and let the market continue to rise. So I think that's why, you know, Kansas City – uh, you know, starts coming to the table now because they know it's not going to go down. I mean, you see what even Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are going through. You know, the longer they wait, wait that price tag continues to go up. So I think it makes sense for both parties. Kansas City won to get this deal done while Mahomes has some, you know, incentives to get a deal done because he has a few more years left. And then for Patrick Mahomes, get that security blanket. You know, don't take the risk of, you know, a long-term injury and things of that sort, and get that money now. So it's going to be super exciting, though, to see how these uh, are structured. Uh, Bruce Gradkowski joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, former NFL quarterback, now an analyst for Pro Football Focus. Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks with you here on FSR. Um, Speaking of contracts, one of the other ones that we were discussing, um, George Kittle and the 49ers, uh, George Kittle's agent comes out and says, I don't care about the tight end market. I'm being paid to do a George Kittle deal. So they're looking for a monster extension. You as a quarterback watching that offense, studying that Kyle Shanahan offense, how crucial is George Kittle to that San Fran offense, and can you env- envision them wanting to uh, turn away from it and potentially walking away from a Kittle, uh, Kittle contract down the road? I mean, Kittle's so impressive, and he makes that offense go. You know, he's a legit part of that run blocking and in the passing game, so he really could do it both. And where his agent's coming from is, look, we're not just going to sign a tight end deal. My guy is 
runs like a receiver. You know, you throw him the ball as many times as you would a receiver. We want to be treated in that area as well. And what Kittle brings, you know, run blocking wise, his aggressiveness. I love the way the guy plays. And I think, you know, with the run game the 49ers have, he's a key focal point. He sets the edge on a lot of those outside zones and things of that sort. So, um, you know, it, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, if you're George Kittle, you know, I think about, about it from a player standpoint. He's in a perfect offense for him. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best play callers around, best offensive minds, uh, play designers around. So he's going to continue to find ways to get George Kittle the ball, continue to have his stats out of this world. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know. And I, I think Kittle, though, is going to sit back and wait. and He's really going to try to try to blow this contract up because he's not just going to take tight end type money. You know, Bruce, it's funny. Um, my podcast partner, Daniel Jeremiah, and I have had this conversation a couple different times in the last year about positionless football, where instead of pegging guys into positions and kind of paying them as such, you just kind of have to call some guys what they are, and that's playmakers. So Christian McCaffrey kind of blew up the running back market with the big deal that he signed because he's viewed as a hybrid playmaker. George Kittle could be the next one. When you think about offensively and the guys that you play around you, do you think playmaker could be a term that probably more aptly describes how some guys go about their business as opposed to being a wide receiver tied in or a running back? Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, in John Gruden's offense, we used to have a joker. And back then it was Michael Pittman. You know, Michael Pittman played, yeah. played tailback, but at times he played fullback. At times, you know, he was split out as a wide receiver. Uh, so he's that joker-type player, a, a jack-of-all-trades. And, you know, I think, you know, you got to look at, you know, how Green Bay went through their draft this year. You know, I think it's it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? If you think Kittle is that main focal point in your offense, you really – you're not going to find a tight end like him – then you pay a dollar amount that will continue to make your football team good, and you know he's a focal point of that offense. You know, Green Bay, they went the route of the way they drafted, not with Jordan Love, but, you know, the, the running back, and then a tight end slash fullback type role. You know, everyone wasn't just, you know, excited about their draft, but in the same sense, it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? Green Bay, that's what LaFleur and those guys think what they need to make their team better and to get to the Super Bowl. So, I think when you go and you're, you're negotiating these contracts, it's tough because on the business side, you have the general managers and the guys in charge of the cap worrying about all this. And then coaches it, it, are just like, man, just get this deal done. Let's get this guy back on the field. So it's a really, you know, it, it's a funky way to do it in a sense of trying to get everyone on the same page and make the negotiation uh, best for everyone. And, and a lot of clubs try to do their best, but at some point, man, either the player of the club that's going to hold their stance. Oh, by the way, Michael Pittman, you mentioned him. He was yoked. I, I, oh, remember. I tried to get on his arm workout. <laughs> Mike, it, it, so what did he do? Was that all he did was, was curls and squats? My God, man. Oh, you know, that dude was a beast. and it, One of the best, best guys I've played with, too. Such a good dude. And it's great to see his, come, her, his son coming out. You know, as a wide receiver, and he's going to fall in his dad's footsteps, having a great NFL career. So, 
But I would. I'd, I'd joke with Pittman in, in, in the weight room, like, man, get, let me get on some of those routines. He's like, man, just worry about throwing the football. <laughs> uh, Bruce Gradkowski, former NFL quarterback, now an analyst for Pro Football Focus. Get him on Twitter, at bgradkowski5. Uh, Bruce, welcome back to civilization, and welcome back to uh, being able to eat whatever the hell you want. Uh, we're proud of you. We're happy for you, and, and enjoy the festivities this weekend. Guys, I really appreciate your support during this through this time. I'm, I'm going to go crush a pizza tonight just for good. you. Very good. Uh, there he is, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, joining us here. Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we are brought to you by Geico. Although we're apart these days, we're sharing more, and Geico's sharing more, too, with the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. All right, coming up next, um, it is, um, look, I'm calling it the worst segment in sports talk radio. Bucky thinks it's the best. You can decide for yourselves. It's the Iowa Minute next year on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, uh, Tom Brokaw, who's doing the updates today? That's Commander David Gascon. Yeah, yeah. the gas man. Gascon's coming up. How did they know that I got gas? I was tempted How the hell did they know that I got gas? I was tempted to have the chief call you last night. Oh, uh, the uh, Commander-in-Chief, yeah. the, the original David Gascon? Yeah, the OG. That's Commander um, David Gascon from the Los Angeles Police Department. He doesn't uh, He doesn't listen to Weekend Overnight Radio, Dave. Uh, <laughs> breaking he, news. He listened to when I was working with you. Okay. Before, well, you, before you got me demoted. Oh, is that what happened? Uh, that's that's before you shut down an entire minor league baseball team. Oh, that was Ben Maller. No, okay. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's Bucky's golf partner. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Dave. Uh, do you want to just tell that story? How long had that had that minor league? Was it was it Bakersfield? Yeah, the Bakersfield Blaze. Yeah, they had been around for for how many years? Like thirty, forty? No, it was like, like longer than that. It was like oh, okay. sixty or seventy years. They had been around for like sixty, seventy years. Yeah. Dave takes the job as the play-by-play guy, sets up a Ben Maller night to where Ben Maller and guys on the Ben Maller show show up to the ballpark, and they throw out the first pitch. And about two months later, the, the team shuts down. <laughs> like, literally, had been in existence since Wyatt Earp was riding on horses, and they show up, and two months later, the whole thing shuts down. Yeah. The, the, the best part is, like, Ben's like, you should go to these places because it's not about how much you make. It's all about the journey. Kiss yeah. my ass. I lose my job, like, two months later. <laughs> no kidding. I come what back, a journey. I come back here, and he tells me to take some job in Bluefin, West Virginia. Like up for like a local TV station making like ten fifty an hour. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah the uh, the team was founded, Jonas, in nineteen forty one. Yeah. And then I just come marching into town and I march my ass right back out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like the the Ben Maller show literally shut down operations of a minor league baseball team. That's <laughs> that's incredible. We had uh, L.A. Times reporter Bill Shaken come up. And uh, he came up for a visit because Justin, uh, one of Justin Seeger's uh, brothers, actually played there. And uh, I had to go Google, you know, when they, you know, when the franchise was built or whatever. And then it said, like, Google search after 75 years, baseball in Bakersfield has struck out. Unbelievable, <laughs> uh, unbelievable. So there it is. So 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 Bucky, it um, sucks. You know, uh, it, I think Dave is, but but I think you're you're starting to get that one back because. I'll st- 
you were bad luck for that team, but you're good luck for Granada Hills because the second you oh started boy. shooting your mouth off, they started rattling <laughs> off wins. Mm. So I feel I feel like we're evening things out here. You know, yeah, does, it's a little even. Does that mean I get a performance-based bonus from uh, Granada Hills? Let's go to Bucky Brooks know. for that. I mean, we can give you we can give you a little bonus, like if you want. We can we can. We I don't can, mean Oklahoma drills with your linebackers right now. <laughs> no, no, no. We can we can we can we can tip on that that wonderful dinner that I am savoring at Matt Astros. <laughs> Bucky, oh. Bucky, here's what you do. All right. Yeah, Dave, you want something? Here's a $10 gas card uh, to that to that thrifty gas on Balboa. Yeah. That's the worst gas in the world. I mean. <laughs> I'm going to just get you guys some uh, coupons yeah. for that Jiffy Lube right next to Mastro's. <laughs> By the way, you go to that gas station off Balboa and you fill up and it's like, oh, well, gas is like $1.19. And then, yeah. and then, and then you, you realize I'm on E an hour later. What happened? It's basically hair gel. <laughs> like, it's not even like I don't even know what they put in it. Man, somebody had a bad day. Like customer service wasn't great to you at the, at the, <laughs> just, gas, saying, at the you know? gas station. Huh? Listen, listen I, you know, I, I, I know the uh, the valley. You know, I'm a Valley guy, Bucky. Quite well. Guys, the NBA is trying to get back to work. It looks like they're going to have a vote on Thursday with the league's board of governors uh, to approve Commissioner Adam Silver's recommendation on a format to restart the season. It looks like it will be 22 teams that play in Orlando at the Disney's or ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in July. Major League Baseball, a completely different route. Arizona Diamondbacks, one of many teams that are furloughing or laying off employees. They've actually laid off or furloughed about one quarter of the team right now, at least the staff-wise. But they have vowed to play, pay their minor league players at least until the end of June. NFL news, a Packers offensive guard Lane Taylor took a pay cut, $3 million. The club also did sign seventh-round pick defensive back Vernon Scott to a four-year contract. You know, Jonas, you mentioned Bucky's uh, playing days and a trading card. Yeah. Um, you know, any chance that we can get a, a framed picture of his year in Kansas City, 1997, the year they lost the AFC Divisional Round game at home? No, but luckily Denver? luckily for you, I got 96 all wrapped <laughs> well, you up. you grow up, Bucky. <laughs> grow right. the hell up. I have, I have, I have that all wrapped up. In that? fact, you know what? Uh, I, I should have my, my people from uh, the Jaguars yeah. send that right over. Send yeah. so yeah. email that right over. This is the kind we, can of, get that, we can get that signed for you. <laughs> please do. Kind of, kind of immaturity that. I don't really appreciate here at Fox Sports Radio. Get, we can get that signed for Whatever, you. Whatever, By the way, Dave, did you think back in 1996, did you think, man, years and years later, like almost a quarter of a century later, one of the guys on the Jaguars that ripped my beating heart out of my adolescent's chest mm. is actually going to be a co-worker here and remind me of that moment on Fox Sports Radio. Did you think about that as a Bronco fan back then? No. It's okay. a wild world though, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy. better you than like Jimmy Smith or McCardell, that's for sure. Yeah, he should have thought about that. Like, when, when <laughs> well, the best I didn't days, do anything? What the hell? One of the best days ever right there. Like, oh, if, best, by the way, professional days ever. If, right if Mark Brunel walked in studio. Dave would he would like start shaking. He, like, would. he, he wouldn't even know what to do. He wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, he he'd have no idea what to do. He would he would he would know what to do. And by the way, Gosh. those but those Jags uniforms are so much better than the ones now. I'm telling you right. Well, I will say that. this about the Jags: the Jags' new version, their new iteration of the uniforms is pretty nice, pretty clean, very simple, very basic, um, pretty clean. Like I I kind of dig it. Like so, I I never told you this, Jonas. Um, we beat the Broncos so bad that year that they changed their uniforms. <laughs> we beat them into a new uniform. Like, so if you go back and look at the 1996 version of the Broncos, true. we put a knot on their head so bad that they went to the locker room and said, we never can put these, these, 
these unis on again, and they never true. wore them again. That's they, true. They it's had like, to get brand new uniforms. It's like when uh, Miguel Cotto lost Antonio Margarito, his next fight out, he had all these tattoos. Like, what, happened <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah, it was an identity crisis. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. You will decide if this is the worst segment in the history of sports talk radio. Next. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. As we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now here on FSR, you will not believe which quarterback in the AFC Bucky Brooks is defending. He is defending a quarterback in the AFC, a stunning development. We will get to that here coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, But right now, regretfully, it is time for this. Hey, got a minute? Hey, this heaven? No, Iowa. Like you give a damn. Presenting the most up-to-date happenings from Iowa's four Division I teams. Ladies and gentlemen, cows and pigs, it's the Iowa Minute. Here's Iowa Sam. Oh, God. Men, guys, gents, chaps, not the assless kind. The Iowa Athletics Department and the Iowa State Athletics Department are each anticipating an exciting football season ahead. Lots of expectations for each team, pandemic or no pandemic, guys. The Cyclones and Hawkeyes will play ball. That's pretty great, right? About a month ago, however, the idea of college football teams playing in front of fans was somewhat radical. Now, well, the respective Big 12 and Big 10 members plan to have fans in the stands. But each athletics director this past week offered a different plan of action for their team. Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard released a letter on Tuesday stating that the school will allow fans, but Jack Trice Stadium will be at half capacity. That's about 30,000 fans. The reason for this, of course, not that hard to comprehend. It's to allow for at least some social distancing in accordance with guidelines. Then, guys, on Thursday, Iowa Athletics Director Gary Barta held a video conference with reporters and stated that having Kinnick Stadium at 100% capacity is a goal that has not been ruled out. How about that? Well, Bar- yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I just was going to ask you this. Yes, Jonas. How yes. much? How much heat do you think they might get if they have a hundred percent capacity and the children's hospital right next to the stadium? Uh, Optically, what? <laughs> I mean, so I'm serious. Well, and I, don't, I don't have an issue with it, but I wonder. I, I don't have an issue, but I wonder if people will use that as the oh my god, look, you've got a children's hospital right next to you, and you guys are, are pra- aren't practicing social distancing right. in the stadium. Well, if you don't have. People in the stands, you can't do the wave to the children then. You know, so, I, I, you know. I get it. I just I think that's going to be a go-to for some people. I really do. I have no issue with it, but I think it's going to be a go-to. Well, Barta did say that, honest, obviously, like 100% is not determined right now. There's a lot of uh, rules and guidelines that have to be determined and put into practice for that to happen, or maybe some rules have to be eased up on. But uh, 100% has not been ruled out at this juncture. Uh, but considering that Iowa has sold 36,000 tickets already, they're at more than 50% capacity as it stands. <laughs> Have they really? They've already sold 36K? Yeah, and Iowa State, they'll definitely hit that uh, 30,000 threshold. Iowa, you could say the hasty reopeners of college football. You might remember this from a few weeks ago. I mean, all this talk of these schools wanting to bring players back on June 1st is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. 
That was uh, Coach Lincoln Riley. And hold up there, Coach. Hold up there. Take it easy there, Coach Riley. The new date for voluntary workouts in Iowa City is now June 8th, not June 1st. Hmm. That's a whole week later and a whole week safer. My question for you guys is, Iowa AD Gary Barda, is he being too aggressive here? Too much of a gunslinger here and not eliminating 100% capacity in late May? Or is he seeing dollar signs at the end of the tunnel during a time when creating revenue is like finding water in the desert? What do you guys think? Um, I have I have no problem with college football teams projecting towards a full stadium. I don't have an issue with it, but I, I think it's crazy. I mean, I think it's crazy. Like a month ago, we were like, they're not going to play in front of anybody. Now you're actually going to have fan, and he's not ruling out 100% capacity. Look, two and a half months ago, we had no idea the NBA season was going to be shut down, but it was. Like we don't know what's going to happen two uh, two months from now. We, we, like we have no idea how to guess it. So uh, to me, I don't have an issue with it, but some people are going to be very bothered by it. It's the way it is. All right, and look at this, guys. Look at this. All right, great Caesar's ghost. Iowa has added. The Trojans to their football schedule for 2024. Oh, wait a second. Oh, sorry. Um... Uh, let me take a closer look here. Ah, my mistake. That's the Troy Trojans of Alabama, not the uh, Trojans oh, of uh, USC. My what mistake a bummer. there. Wow. What a bummer. Uh, let's remember, they did beat LSU in 2017. By the way, I'm not so sure that Troy isn't better than USC. I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just saying, you know, if you believe enough reports around Southern California. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. For 15 minutes, could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Bucky Brooks, hour three of this four-hour extravaganza. What the hell's happening? Man, it's all good. All good, man. Like that last that last hour we had the Iowa man. I live for that every week. I look forward to that. Yeah, I, I leave the room for that every week. I love is what it. I do. I love yeah, you and I, Gascon have turned. Like y'all turn on. Y'all used to be very supportive of the Iowa man, and now you're not as not as big on it. Well, if I could get an entrance song, if I could get some entrance music uh, that that wasn't Beyonce, then then I, maybe I would be a little bit nicer to the Iowa man. <laughs> all right, I'm note to self: no Destiny's Child. Yeah, I'm okay, just right. I'm just I'm just saying here. Um, all right, so uh, so Bucky Brooks. Um, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield had a video conference earlier this week, and it's been a little bit more quiet off the field for Baker Mayfield. And if you go back to his final year at Oklahoma, um, if you go back to planting the flag in Columbus, um, grabbing his crotch uh, on the sidelines against Kansas, um, and other things that have happened, Baker Mayfield, you know, running from the cops even before that, he is not shy when it comes to speaking his mind uh, away from the field and even speaking his mind on the field. And so last year, year, uh, whether it was calling out the training staff, whether it was, um, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the proclamations before the season or, you know, getting fired up and feisty with media members during the season. You know, he's been very vocal, especially for a young quarterback who hasn't really established himself at the NFL yet. So people were wondering, well, going into this year, what's the attitude going to be like? And here was Baker Mayfield discussing it earlier this week. Essentially, it's changing my stance up in shotgun formation, putting my left foot forward, which I've never done. But if you look at places he's been, Andy Dalton did it in Cincinnati. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does it in Green Bay. It's just a different rhythm and timing. And so, yeah, it is breaking some of the habits that I've had for a long time. But getting used to it, it's just about repetition, to be quite honest with you. There's no doubt year three is always a big year in these contracts and timing-wise. Everybody knows that, but I'm not going to put any added pressure on myself. There's no need for that because if I win, good things will happen. Good things will happen for our team and the guys around me, and that's the most important part. So if I play better, our team's going to do better. I put that pressure on myself. It doesn't matter what year it is. I have to play better each year. So that was Baker Mayfield in a video conference, and he was discussing his new throwing stance because of Alex Van Pelt being brought Mm -hmm. in and helping with that. And also how big year three is going to be for him and the Cleveland Browns this season. And look, maybe I'm misreading this, but you are expecting what out of Baker Mayfield this upcoming year? Well, I expect Baker Mayfield to bounce back and have an outstanding year. Uh, He alluded to it there in the little soundbite. His is, is... Make a break year. Year three is everything because at the end of year three, you make a decision on whether you want to pick up the fifth-year option, and that's significant money. And if you pick up the fifth-year option, that means that a contract extension is typically going to happen before the player gets there. So he understands it's a make-or-break year from a monetary standpoint. But what I've heard from Baker Mayfield, I heard a sense of maturity that he's grown up. You remember last year when they asked him about fixing his game, he said, ah, I can kind of do it on my own. 
I mean, in, in a roundabout way, you say, I kind of understand it. But now he is submitting to the coaching. Alex Van Pelt, who's a former teammate of mine, um, is trying to get him to switch up his shotgun stance because last year Baker Mayfield was the worst shotgun passer in the National Football League. His passer rating was at 70.3, and so they want to get more efficiency out of that. But really, he's really set up well to succeed. One, I think they have the best 12 personnel package in football, meaning 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. You look at their personnel, Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper, David Njoku at tight end, OBJ, and Jarvis Landry on the outside. Very, very hard to match up with that group. Secondly, Kevin Stefanski's play-action package is outstanding. Um, last year, the Minnesota Vikings ran 12 personnel. They ran play-action um, like one of the most of any team. Kirk Cousins was first in like play-action passing yards, uh, second in completions, and first in touchdowns. So he can turn Kirk Cousins, who some would say is a middle-of-the-road quarterback, into basically a star. If he puts that same system in place with Baker Mayfield – Baker Mayfield will have a ton of success. And also one of the big talking points as far as Baker Mayfield goes is, well, what's his attitude going to be like? How's, how's he going to approach the game based on, you know, just some of those things that we talked about, you know, the stuff uh, off the field or even on the field in college, and then calling out the training staff, getting into it with media members in Cleveland last year. And Baker also talked about his approach coming up this season. I have a different approach to this year. Everybody that has been interviewed in our team has kind of hit the nail on the head over and over uh, about, you know, it's just time to work. It's time to do our thing instead of talking about it. Uh, so I, this is the first media thing I've done just because there, there's no need to be talking about it. It's just time to go do it. And right now it's, you know, kind of moving in silence, which is fine with me. That's how I used to do it before getting on a bigger stage. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to get back to those roots. And like I said earlier, get back to the fundamentals to where I can accomplish the goals when the season comes around. And here's the thing, among of all the, I don't know how many quarterbacks, if you were to, I mean, maybe Tom Brady's one of them, but how many quarterbacks in the NFL, not just young quarterbacks, have as many weapons around him as Baker Mayfield? Not many. Not many have high-end quarterbacks like that. Like, I mean, the personnel that you see around him is A-level. OBJ and Jarvis Landry are perennial Pro Bowl players, all-pro caliber players. Uh, Austin Hooper is a nice tight end. I don't know if he's necessarily the best tight end based on what he's getting paid, but he is a very, very good tight end, capable of getting down the scenes. David Njoku was a first-round pick. Yeah, uh, He's also a good one. And then Nick Chubb was second in the league in rushing yards a season ago. You throw in the fact they also upgraded the offensive tackles, Jack Coughlin and Jedrick Wills uh, at right and left tackles, respectively. Yeah, this is, this is a team that's loaded. It is all about Baker Mayfield um, just submitting to the coach and, and just doing – um, his job, he does that, they're going to be fine. The other thing that I've heard is they've scaled back some of the options that he had at his disposal at the line of scrimmage, trying to make the game simpler for him, um, make it really easy. I think it's easy to kind of fall into the trap of, look, he's a very experienced player coming out of Oklahoma. He has a lot that he can do from a mental perspective. Sometimes you can give those guys too much by scaling it back and freeing his mind from clutter. I think you can get him to play on his instincts again. And if he plays on his instincts, um, the way that he played at Oklahoma, he's going to succeed. And look, he's on his fourth head coach, if you count Greg Williams, who was an interim coach after Hugh Jackson was fired. So they've blown through head coaches. So so they've exhausted that route, it would seem like. They've also added so much around him that it's hard to argue he doesn't have the best personnel around him when it comes to that. If this doesn't work, it's on him. 
Like th- this really is his year. And for all the talk about and all the criticism that's out there when it comes to Mitch Trubisky, I would argue Mitch Trubisky's had a better NFL career so far than Baker Mayfield. If you look at the numbers and what he's done, I would make that argument. And he hasn't had a fraction of the talent around him. Yeah, the only thing about that, though, is if we were going to play the turkey bowl in the park <laughs> and you have the pick and those are the two, the only two guys standing out there, are you going to tell me that you can take Mitchell Trubisky over Baker Mayfield? Is that what you're saying? I mean, no. Is, is this so a hot the numbers take? Are the, the, numbers, <laughs> the numbers are the numbers, and I get it. Like, it's a quotable. It would be great on Twitter, but come on. I'm going to go with it. Real. I'm going to go with it. Real. Why not? You know what? Why don't you just stir the pot? You know, in fact, ask me that question again. I'm going to lie through my teeth here on radio, and I'm going to go with it. Ask me that question Okay, so again. Jonas, so you have a pick of any young quarterback that you can take, but it's only two quarterbacks on the board right now. It's Mitch Trubisky and Baker Mayfield. Who you got? I'm taking Mitch Trubisky, Bucky Brooks, and let me tell you why. Because I just don't like the the attitude that Baker Mayfield brings into the huddle. I think Mitch Trubisky is the type of guy that during a turkey bowl, when people are away from their families, he can rally the group Mm. and make you feel like you're with your family on a holiday. How about that? Wow. How's that for a hot take? You just need to pause. A, you need to pause a little more at the end to give it okay, some spacing. Good. Just kind of let it breathe. I agree. So we can digest a point. But I agree. I, sh- wow. I should have done that a little bit better. But wow. in, in 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 all seriousness, this is this is a massive year for Baker Mayfield, and you could, and especially when you. We do, and, and to bring back, bring it back to Mitch Trubisky, we do the comparisons all the time. We look at what Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson have done being in the same draft as as Mitch Trubisky. Well, I mean, look at the top of the first round and look at the bottom of the first round. To ask me, answer me that. Who's had a better NFL career so far, Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? Mm. I mean, if we're going to do the comparison game, let's really do the comparison game all the way. Yeah, like, look, Lamar Jackson has had a better, I mean, he's MVP. He's yeah. had his team to two playoff appearances. He's been terrific. He's exceeded uh, everyone's expectations. He Look, he was underdrafted. Uh, he should have been drafted higher based on what he did in college. Like so, we missed uh, on that part of it. But he he's played um, at outstanding level. I think the thing that people have to do is with Baker Mayfield, you can't just look at last year. You got to give him credit for what he did his rookie season because his rookie season he jumped in there, he led a team to some wins. Last year there was a lot of hype and expectations around the Browns. Uh, they didn't play up to those expectations. Some of that due to Baker not playing well. Some of that was Freddie Kitchens not being. Uh, ready to kind of handle the responsibilities to go with being the head coach. And then they just didn't play well on the field. But this year, I would just like to think that 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 experience from last year will serve them well this year as they understand um, how to go about their business and they're doing it without the same fanfare. That gives them a chance to fly up under the radar. Where do they stack up in the division? Ooh, that division is tough. I think right now they stack up third. Um, they're behind Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I think those two teams are competing for the top. And, in fact, I would say that based on how the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to go 8-8 eight and eight without Ben Roethlisberger with that defense emerging, I think they could be the team that ends up being the front runners when it's all said and done. And then the Cincinnati Bengals will be better with Joe Burrow and the people coming back but not quite ready to compete. I, said that I think the Cleveland Browns are sitting there third. But this is going to be a division that is kind of – a rough and tumble division. Yeah. I think you see a bunch of competitive games. I don't know where the Browns end up in terms of being in the playoffs. Exactly. But I expect them to be a team that is a, a, a problem to deal with. Well, let's just let's think about it like this. Um, Kansas City, you like to make the playoffs, correct? 
Yes. Okay. So you know there's going to be four division winners. Mm-hmm. Um, seven teams are getting in. So we need to identify three play three wild card teams. Do you mm. see a wild card team coming out of the AFC East? Yeah, because the Patriots are going to win the division. So, okay. so, the, so we, we'll put the pet, pass win that division. The Buffalo Bills would be a team that I think could be a wild card there. Okay. And you've got Pittsburgh getting another wild card spot because you like them ahead of Cleveland, which I, I, I'm not going to argue that. I, I could see that. Okay. So we got the Ravens and the Steelers. So now we have three, we have three left. So that means we're going to take a division winner out of the AFC South. Like who do we think wins that division? I like the Colts, but if it's the Texans, that's fine. Uh, but I like the Colts out of the okay, AFC so we South. Take, all right. So we take the Colts. Like, is there anybody else that we believe will be in the can, Attention for a player, the Titans. Do we Maybe think, the Titans. Do you think Ryan Tannehill can do it all over again? I think Indianapolis and Houston are the best teams in that division. Okay, so I'm a, let's let's just go with that. Let's go to the West, and then we'll come back on the the final okay. team. So the West, are we going to say the Chiefs repeat? Uh, I like the Chiefs. Okay, so of those two divisions, who is the playoff team? So we got the Broncos, the Chargers, the mm, Raiders. The Raiders. We have the Jags, the Texans, and the Titans. Only have one, only one working in the club, and, and 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 that's that. And going back to Cleveland, I don't know that Cleveland makes the playoffs this year, because if you look, and we've got four division winners and three wild card teams. If we think a wild card team's coming out of the East, if we think Pittsburgh's coming out of the North, I I mean, do you like them over Indianapolis or Houston? Mm. I don't. I mean, I I think Indianapolis could be a potential make a deep run in the postseason. Do you like them over the Chargers and the Raiders or, or even the Titans? I just wonder, even with an extra playoff spot, if Cleveland makes it to the postseason. So even if they improve on what they did last year, this is year three with Baker Mayfield and all that talent, and they're not a playoff team again. Like, this is when the clock starts ticking. And I wonder how patient they're going to be with Kevin Stefanski, who wasn't part of the regime that drafted Baker Mayfield when he came in. I just, it, it feels like this is going to be, although it'll be an improved year for, for Cleveland, I don't know if there's if there's enough room for them to squeeze into the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough all around, but um, it, typically what happens, uh, you have a couple teams that are fall back to the pack. So maybe the Baltimore Ravens don't play up to the hype and they don't naturally advance and progress like some think. Um, maybe the New England Patriots completely fall apart and that creates another spot or an opening. Or uh, the Steelers, maybe Ben Roethlisberger's arm isn't what we think it's going to be. Um, I think they're certainly talented enough to, to get there. Their offense, I think you could put their offense against any in football in terms of the talent that they have around Baker Mayfield. Uh, defensively, you have to see how good can they be on defense because defensively uh, they made some strides last year, but now they have a new defensive coordinator. How does that look at the end of the day? I think they're in the hunt. I wouldn't pencil them above the line, but I certainly think you can put them right below the line and maybe they jump over that line. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens because there is so much talent offensively, and you just wonder. And you also wonder this: Baker Mayfield's already shown that you can you can rattle him, you can you can get him flustered and get him frustrated depending on what's happening. I wonder how many defenders out there are thinking if things get bad, we just need to get in his ear from the get go. 
We just mm. need to get in his ear and try and get him get him to you know to break his his vow that he's not going to be a talker this year. And then and then who knows whether or not they fall apart. But it'll be fun to watch. That's they're an exciting team, no doubt. Uh, Bucky Brooks, Jonas Knox here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, coming up next, uh, we will find out the truth behind a decision made in the NFL this weekend or this past week. That's coming up next here on FSR. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up here 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. We are going into the gutter, literally into the gutter here on FSR. That's happening 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Right now, though, anything but the gutter. He is Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, Sirius XM NFL Radio as well. Always kind enough to join us here every single Saturday here on FSR. Adam, Jonas, and Bucky, what's happening? Guys, good to be with you. Hope you're doing well. And uh, certainly uh, this weekend and uh, as we get closer to NFL teams, at least a few of them or some of them returning to work uh, just from a limited capacity. But at least we're going to get some good news on that area next week. Yeah, um, and look, I'm going to call myself out here because I felt like I threw a little bit of a tantrum as an adult male on the air earlier um, when the NFL made the decision to uh, scrap the 4th and 15 alternative from the onside kick. Yeah. What what was – I saw a report that it was split 16-16 as far as which owners wanted it. Do you know which owners were in favor of it? And what was the motive behind, the real motive behind not wanting it to go through this year? Yeah, so the league said that it was very clear that the teams that did not want it felt like there was not enough information. And obviously the competition committee is the one that needs to provide that for them. And as one person said to me yesterday, we were just kind of going over some of the rule changes and what got passed and what didn't get passed. Don't forget, no one was in the same room. You're doing this virtually. And it's hard in the NFL to get stuff passed when you're not in the same room. Sometimes, especially when it's a new rule, legals brought up, two, they proposed two rules. One got passed, one didn't. And they started the 4th and 15 uh, last year. And they got it, at least they got it up to it getting tabled. So, in March, the owners' meetings that we always that's the big one. That's when the rule changes come. It'll come up again, and maybe it'll, it'll pass this time. You know, Adam, in, in, in thinking about that, what, what other things came out of the meetings that you were either surprised with or everyone was excited about, like these things were passed? Well, no, the, the thing that the GMs love is now that they, get, they go from two designations, uh, injured reserve players to return to three, and, Bucky, you know from being in the league, when you were probably there, I don't know if we even had that role some years ago when you were a scout. No, uh, it was no. something that, as you remember, they used to hide players on IR. You would have the phantom injury in late August where you didn't want to sneak the young player through waivers, and you'd come up with an injury that was or was not real. So now that they've taken that away, you're getting three players you could put on IR then bring back later in the season. That is very big because a player who you would have maybe cut now you don't have to have a fake injury. That guy could actually be put on IR. If it's, by the way, it's got to be a legitimate injury. It's, it, the, the language says it's got to be a major injury. So you, you're, you're gonna, you're not, the guy won't be able to play for eight weeks. He, he could start practicing the seventh and eighth weeks and come back in the ninth. So it's a good thing. That was good. And then the, the, I talked to the Eagles about the rule that they got passed. They love this one. Uh, it, it's basically this. So if you have a touchdown that is – called back due to a penalty, 
every score now, including penalties, if if you had a touchdown that that's called back to the penalty, will be will be reviewed. So I put a little note on Twitter on Thursday when this got passed that a good example of it was two years ago when the Eagles played the Cowboys and Dallas Goddard, their tight end, scored on a 75-yard touchdown catch and it got called back by an awful call. Goddard used leverage; he did not use his arm to extend. And clearly, when Dean Blandino was with Fox, he showed it. He showed the highlight. He goes, this, is, this never should have been flagged. He clearly did not reach. He did not extend his arm. And this was an example. The Eagles did tell me that that wasn't, it wasn't specifically that one. It was just that they, there were some plays over the years that bothered them. And as one person texted me from the Eagles, hey, you know what? This is good because this impacts all teams. You would hate to lose a game due to a bad call. Yeah, but I'm sure in Philadelphia with that fan base, that bad call wasn't really talked about much uh, during the game or afterwards oh, yeah. on sports. By the way, so it's funny you mention that because a year later I, we, that play came up to me with someone from the Eagles, and they haven't forgotten about it. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> the bottom line is, look, and by the way, that was an overtime game. That was against Dallas and in Dallas, and that's their heated rival. Every, every team has a rival, and that's the Eagles' biggest rival in Dallas. Uh, he's Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider, Sirius XM NFL Radio, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, uh, Bucky Brooks with you here uh, on FSR. Um, so one of the other ones that, I, to me, it feels like a waste of time. So they've extended the uh, the communication with the replay official in the booth, and they're experimenting with it during preseason games. The only problem I have with it is the only way the uh, if there's a blown call on the field or if there's a missed call, the only way that it can be initiated is if the official who made the wrong call signals to the booth to have it looked at during the preseason. Well, why would the guy who made the wrong call all of a sudden realize after the fact, oh, you know what? I think I might have missed that call. Let me go to the booth. It feels like this is more of them trying to show that they're doing everything they can, much like the pass interference review from a year ago. And it doesn't feel like it's a realistic rule that they're even seriously considering. You know, so here, Jonas, here's an interesting discussion I had with, with a couple coaches over this particular situation. The worst problem has, the worst thing that you see is sometimes is, a referee does not get a good angle, and he knows he's got to make a decision. Is it a call or not a call? And he calls it, and he knows darn well that he didn't see it, but it was in his area, and that's what they want to get away from. If you didn't see it, ask for help. You see it, by the way, in the NBA all the time. They'll ask for help. Uh, did you see it? You know, They'll huddle a little bit. Well, this is sort of an adjunct of that, and that's kind of the way I see it. So, But the thing is, I want to give the competition committee credit. They are really good at what they do. They try to get it right. And they just, they, they, we want to get to the point where you don't even talk about the officials. Obviously that'll never happen, but if we could do it less and less and less, it's not as noticeable because it does. I'm telling you, talking to fans every week, it does take away from the enjoyment of the game when the refs miss calls. There's no doubt. You know, Adam, I, I kind of want to take this to the field in the negotiating room. Uh, we're hearing a conversation about George Kittle and George Kittle wanting yeah. major, major, major money. Uh, this offseason, we've seen guys that have kind of made money as the playmaker. Uh, Christian McCaffrey comes to mind. Can George Kittle kind of reset how we think about the tight end position or positions in general when it comes to getting paid? Yeah, he'll be the highest paid tight end in NFL history if he gets it done. And look, there. remember, he's in the last year of his deal. There's no fifth-year option here. So here's he does have some leverage. He could withhold services and not show up to training camp if he showed desires. He is a veteran agent, Jack Becta. Uh, he's been around a long time. Uh, he's been an agent for 30 years. He, by the way, he, Jack played college football with 
uh, Daryl Green and John Randall at Texas A&I, which is now Texas A&M, uh, Kingsville. And Jack, I know Jack a little bit. He, he's going to make sure that, as he, he told NFL Network, and I, I know him, I believe he means this, he does not want George Kittle to be paid like, like he's a, a tight end. He wants him to be paid as a great football player. That means not only will he break the bank, uh, I had projected this deal to get to be 13 to $15 million per season. I still think that's a reasonable number. You're looking about $4 million more around than uh, Austin Hooper got uh, from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, to me, he, and by the way, not only is he the best tight end in the game, he's got a chance to be one of the best tight ends in NFL history. I know that's a lot to say, but if you talk to coaches, you talk to 49ers, you talk to people, greatest tape, the guy's a phenomenal football player. He has absolutely no weakness, and – you ask Kyle Shanahan how good he thinks he is, he knows how great he is. So if, if that's the case and, and he's that much of a value to them, at what point do you think – I mean, is there, is there any chance they don't get a deal done? I guess I guess is my big question. Do they look at it and go, God, we got to pay Bosa at some point? Uh, maybe we've got to re-up Garoppolo at some point? Or is he so important to that organization that no matter what, they've got to figure out a way to get Kittle done? The latter, Jonas, I think it's going to be uh, they got to figure out a way to get it done. And they've got a great co- uh, contract negotiator in Prague, Marate. He's really good. Uh, now, I will say this. They usually get favorable terms where they, they put in language uh, that for a player to get some bonus money, they typically have to be on the roster in April. Uh, that's something that they usually include in contracts. And there's going to have to be a give and take. This is going to be an historic contract. These don't get done uh, you know, one day. I remember talking to – uh, the 49ers about this. They said after the Super Bowl, this would be their priority of the offseason. Uh, they got Eric Armstead's deal done. They traded they traded Buckner, which was sort of surprising. But this guy, remember Kyle Shanahan, they're off, who, who not only is their head coach, he's their offensive coordinator. He, he's not going to want this guy to, to go anywhere, and he's not. They also have him under control for another year. But they've, they've told his agent it's a priority. I do expect this to get done, but it could get potentially a little bit ugly. Uh, last thing for me, uh, any any more news on Dak Prescott? Anything going on? Like, I, I, have, to, <laughs> no, I, have, to, no. I have to ask because no, Mike no, McCarthy no. was asked about having conversations yeah. with him, but, I mean, here we are. He still doesn't have a deal, so you just kind of wonder how it's progressing. Yeah, no, it, nothing, nothing new here. Uh, again, I, I believe with the July 15th deadline to extend him off the franchise tag, I, I, I believe that's when the urgency will happen. Uh, I remember the 2015 there were five there were five franchise tag deals that got done the day of the tags, two or three of them that got done uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, one hour before the deadline. So that is when the urgency happens. And I've been saying this on your show for over a year. The Cowboys screw up a lot with long-term <laughs> deals. They wait to the they wait they wait they wait and they overpay. Uh, Jerry Jones is a very generous owner, and, and I'll tell you this: agents love signing there because they get premium deals. Um, I just I want to live in a world where if people are this outraged, Adam Kaplan, by Dak Prescott uh, potentially getting the money he's going to get. I want to live in the world when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes both get paid before Dak Prescott and then the price tag goes even higher. That's what I want. Well, I Mahomes, want yeah, and Mahomes. Right. By the way, Mahomes, they've got him under control for a long time. They, 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 they're going to get they want to work toward a deal. That one will not. Yeah. That'll be historic, and Mahomes will be the highest-paid player in NFL history. That one could be well over forty million. Uh, that one's going to be fascinating to see if Lee Steinberg, the, the you know obviously he's an historic agent, we'll see if Lee's going to push the button. If he's he's willing to really push, 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 it could exceed forty million. And how could you argue when you're talking about a guy that is, if Dak Prescott gets thirty-five million, how in the world is Mahomes not worth way more than forty million? 
By the way, uh, Lee Steinberg wears the baggiest jeans I've ever seen in my life. Every time I've seen him at the Super Bowl, he's got on <laughs> jeans that look like uh, he has no bit. They look like they should be around telephone poles, and he's walking around in them. <laughs> I'm telling you, Matt, that's the first thing I noticed about Lee Steinberg. Lee, by the way, Lee, Lee, Lee's been an agent since the mid-'70s. His first client, Steve Barkowski. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio, NFL Insider, Sirius XM, NFL Radio. Get him on Twitter, at Kaplan NFL. Adam, as always, we appreciate it, man. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not kidding you. You, you talk about you – remember, remember Chris Cross? Remember the uh, the hip hop group? Yeah, I, I'm telling. Lee Steinberg gives them a run for their money. The baggiest <laughs> jeans I've ever seen. It's amazing. Uh, all right, uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we are going to go into the gutter, literally into the gutter. That's next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, ladies and gentlemen, the Gas Man, David Gascon. Man. I almost walked out of the studio several minutes ago. Why? What happened? You know how excited Iowa was about his stupid Iowa minute? He started, I hate it. He started sending me screenshots of the quarter-by-quarter quarter scores of Iowa and USC last year. No, I didn't. He's lying. I mean, we were talking like, about another USC game. Look how immature that is. And then he lies about it on national radio. Huh. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just saying... The Iowa Minute, it feels like it's creating some rivalries here on Fox Sports Radio. Just want to point that out. <laughs> hey, we're in the past with this now. Dave keeps bringing it up. I, maybe I there's say? a – you know what it is? Maybe there's a little bit of uh, resentment because he feels like in the gutter with David Gascon doesn't get the love on social media that the Iowa Minute does. Well, that's maybe not true. that's what it is. That's not uh, true. I'm just – people are very upset. When, whenever I say that it's the worst segment in radio, that being the Iowa Minute, people take me out on Twitter all the time. Yeah, but they're triggered by you, not by Iowa. Okay. Well, I'm just – Listen, this is about creating fresh content, and I'm, I'm afraid that the uh, – What are you trying to say? The Iowa Minute just has better stuff than wow. in the gutter. You know what? Wow, you, you're a POS right uh, by the way, By the way, Sam, you know what I think you should do? You should come up with your top ten list of Iowa tight ends. Since it's tight end oh, okay. you, yeah. I think you should come up with a top 10 list of Iowa tight ends. Because uh, remember, I, I didn't know this until uh, about a week ago. Tony Miyaki, remember him? Miyaki. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Him, too. Him, too. You got most of the names there. All right. right. Miyaki and Moyaki. Both of them were a tight end for the University of Iowa. It's not Mr. Miyaki. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. All right. I'll come up with a top 10. I'll be curious if any of those tight ends actually have hands, too. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm just, I mean, if they can catch with stumps, then that's pretty impressive also. Oh, God. No, I mean, like, be able to catch a football. I, he was really excited about Noah Fant going to Denver last season. The first ball that was thrown him was set up for a touchdown, wide open, flat out dropped. I mean, who, do, do, you, do you see who threw it to him? It doesn't matter. It got to him. Who is, uh, by the way, who, was, who had the better rookie season, uh, Fant or Hawkinson or whatever that guy's name is? Hawkinson was Fanted. Look at that. Hawkinson uh, took his ankle and twisted it into a pretzel. Yeah, but Hawkinson was playing well before that, right? He had one nice game, his opening game oh, okay. against the Cardinals. And they well, that's all I remember. Off. Yeah, well, tight end you. Boy. What can I say? Suck, Iowa. Anyways, guys, uh, NBA trying to get back to work. It looks like the owners are going to vote for it on Thursday with a possibility of 22 teams making their way down to Orlando, Florida at Disney's ESPN Wide World of the Sports Complex. 
uh, for the season to resume. No word yet on if it goes into the postseason or if we get a couple of regular season games in before the playoffs start. Uh, NFL news, you guys mentioned with George Kittle, the tight end. He's looking for a long-term deal. Uh, NFL Network's Mike Silver says the team and Kittle are far away on extension talks. Packers offensive guard Lane Taylor has agreed on a $3 million pay cut. Should get Iowa pay cut. I mean, I don't think that's a nice thing to say uh, amidst everything else going on. Ugh. And by the way, when he says Iowa, he doesn't mean the state of Iowa. He means <laughs> Iowa Sam. I just yeah, want to be clear. Like, yeah, let's just cut off federal funding. Yeah, the state I of just, Iowa. Yeah. We're not. We're, it's not the entire state. He's talking about Iowa Sam. I just want to be clear. I'm already uh, taking a pay cut by, by being here. So. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, probably not the uh, the best thing to say. Uh, all right. Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We are going to go into the gutter in the world of sports and beyond, and we're doing it next here on FSR. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This song stinks. Uh, He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, Coming up here a little over 15 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio, I think there's proof, proof that 
Football from a young age has its benefits. We will explain what that is coming up here uh, 15 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, We do have a UFC event that is currently underway, Bucky Brooks, uh, all through the evening. So we do have live sports as they start to trickle back in. Uh, But don't worry, the NBA is going to wait until like next August before their season (laughs) uh, tips off. So, So here we are just waiting around, waiting around for baseball, waiting around for everybody else to to figure out what's going on and the UFC is on event number four in like the past two weeks so (laughs) there's that Um, All right, it's time for a little something that we do on the show here and it's called this get your mind out of the gutter news he only finds the best stories I got a news flash it's in the gutter with David Gagan and for that, we turn it over to the gas man himself, David Gascon, to find out what is happening in the gutter in the world of sports and beyond. Dave? Well, Joe, I'm glad you asked because it is in the gutter. And I left the studio for about five minutes. And uh, since you teased this segment, I have three television screens in here. And all three of them right now have been promptly directly towards the bookstore scene in Desperado, a certain provocative scene so i appreciate uh, lee or iowa that did that is that uh selma hayek yes yeah. Ooh. Ooh. might have been bucky yep. then bucky yeah <laughs> i yep. mean i mean good people man she would, get uh, a, she would definitely get an invite into the celebrity hot tub <laughs> <laughs> uh, i didn't mean to say that publicly, uh, that's a but. good segue bucky how about this uh barstool sports founder david portnoy uh, announced the NFL will not honor his winning bid for a sit-down meeting with the one and only Roger Goodell, claiming Portnoy failed an NFL background check. Yeah. You guys hear about this? Look, they wait. He had no shot. <laughs> if anybody's surprised that the NFL oh. actually declined uh, his bid to have uh, to sit and watch football with Roger Goodell, then you're just naive. There was no chance it was going to happen, and so Barstool is going to do. What Barstool does, maybe better than anybody else, they're going to turn this into a way for them to generate revenue by putting on their own event opposite of whatever this event was supposed to be with Roger Goodell, and then they end up winning in the end. It's why it's why they're a brilliant business and why they're a top of the game and everybody else is below. Yeah, he, he said he bid $250,000 on an item, which was basically a one-on-one t- uh, sit-down with the commissioner watching Monday Night Football, a game in his own personal man cave. But that request was denied. They cited a couple different things. One of them was he was arrested while protesting outside the NFL headquarters in New York City back in 2015. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they stormed the headquarters and got arrested because Brady got suspended those four games for deflating <laughs> footballs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're passionate. Yeah. You know, nothing it. wrong with that. Jonas, on, on the scales, I know this is a different uh, different beast considering like the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and the NHL. But when it comes to UFC uh, fighters, no matter what class they're in, do you think there should be a set amount of money each fighter should make? Like the the top fighter from each weight class, do you think there should be something like that that's set upon? Or is it just whoever's the main card? No, I mean, if you wanted to, you know, set a base salary, uh, champions make this, anybody below them doesn't make that, then that would be one thing. And then it's all about pay-per-view buys because there are certain fighters that draw better than others. Like, you know, Conor McGregor, you know, may not be 
as good a fighter as Khabib Nurmagomedov, but mm. he's going to end up dwarfing him when it comes to what he brings in for the company. So that ha- like business has to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys this, because John Jones went off a few days ago on Dana White. Uh, he's trying to set up a super fight. Uh, but Jones said in a, in a quote, he told my lawyer he wants what he wants is Deontay Wilder money, which he was paid for the Tyson Fury fight, $30 million. Uh, John Jones is saying that's BS on Twitter. He said, don't be an effing liar. My reputation has already been taking hits enough. I don't need this BS, Dana. I never asked for Deontay's numbers. And how about since Deontay is making $30 million, we settle for half of that since you said I'm the goat and everything, end quote. Um, Bucky, <clears throat> you made a strong statement as far as after you saw John Jones in his last fight, he should do what? Oh, he should shut it down. Yeah. He, he does not need to fight like a heavyweight. Like <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like Because the, la- the last couple fights, you could make the argument that, hey, man, he, he's, he's had very friendly judges when yeah. it comes to the cards. And so, I mean, I would hate to see what happened to Anderson Silva yes. happen to him. Because the more he continues to go in there as what I would say is a fading fighter, the more likely he's going to get caught one night. It's why what what Manny Pacquiao did after he got knocked cold by Juan Manuel Marquez. Remember that? Every everybody just assumed. And by the way, he was about to he was about to finish Marquez off. So all you Marquez ball washers out there, Pacquiao Pacquiao was looking so good before that punch. But what was so impressive about it is that the next time, like Pacquiao kept fighting afterwards, and you just thought, oh boy, this is a bad idea. Pacquiao shouldn't be fighting. And he just beat Keith Thurman, who's in his prime. Like, he, for whatever reason, got up off the mat, got up off the canvas after getting not cold and figured it out. But, Bucky, to your point, so many fighters like Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell was never the same after he got knocked out. And when he started to show signs of slipping, same with Roy Jones Jr. Remember when Roy Jones mm-hmm. got knocked out by Antonio Tarver? It's he was, over. He was yeah. never the same after that. And, and I just wonder, and, and also to, to Dana White's credit, They've stuck by John Jones through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like he he's done a lot of things out of the octagon and they've stuck by him. So the fact that he's, you know, begging for more money or I mean, not he, even begging. He, yeah, but, he just he just got out of a deal. Yes. Like I mean, yes. Not ideal leverage at that point. <laughs> Guys, speaking of uh ideal point, uh new Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon says he's got no problems playing the season without fans because he's used to it. In Los Angeles, he said, Bro, we didn't have any fans anyway. We didn't have many fans, we didn't have any Charger fans. I'm gonna be honest, we didn't have many Charger fans at any of the games, end quote. By the way, Bucky, how much different is it going to be going from the uh, the soccer stadium uh, to Mile High in Denver as, uh, he, as a player? Look, look I, I like the fit. I like him going to the Broncos. Yeah, I think the do. scheme is going to kind of unlock his talents or whatever. I just hope they don't have the Jaguars on the. No, oh, that's, <laughs> that's always that's always when it goes goes awry. Hey, can also let me just say this: the contract that he got with Denver. You could have done a lot worse than the eight or whatever nine million dollars he ended up with. I know it wasn't what he was asking for, but the fact that he had a down year and still got that kind of money, and I think he got like eleven million dollars guaranteed. You could have done you could have done a lot worse than what Melvin Gordon did in the offseason. Yeah, he just walked away from ten million per though. That's that's the only reason why people give him a hard time. He turned down ten million to take. You know, maybe it's not all about money for him. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe he wanted to it's all about fit, Bucky Brooks. Okay.
I'm I'm just saying. I'm, I'm trying trying to be the optimist here. I don't think you have to rain on my my optimistic parade. Uh, more hour four next year on FSR. So it could be yet another example of why NFL football in general has a certain value. We will get into that here coming up in just a couple of moments. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app and on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates, wherever you are taking part in the program. We always appreciate a few minutes of your time as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance visit geico.com for a free rate quote my guy bucky brooks another hour here on fox sports radio come on man gotta finish strong gotta finish strong absolutely this is i'm gonna dedicate this hour for the iowa minute (laughs) we're gonna have 60 minutes of the iowa minute okay so so subpar radio subpar radio for the next 60 minutes 60 minutes of the iowa minute did i just hear you guys want another iowa minute is that what's going on i mean i think i think it should be done twice Okay. In the show, like I, that's that's what I would do. In I didn't fact, even get to Drake or Northern Iowa, so no. I, in fact, I think what would be a great half hour would be like the Iowa minute, and then Gascon having his deal. Like right. let them go back to back. All right, let me I tell you it. something. All right, how about this? Um, why don't I do the uh, a Jalisco minute? Okay, how about that? All right, we're gonna do that. I'll do I'll, I'll do I'll do a Mexico minute if Iowa Sam does an Iowa minute. All right, if, if that's what we need here, all right, I I will tell you as somebody who is happily engaged uh, to a, to a beautiful Mexican woman, I will tell you everything that I have picked up and gathered uh, as far as the culture. So I will do a Mexican minute because they do call me uh, Jonas Knoxes. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a, that's I didn't that's know we're out there. Um, so I wanted to just because. You talked, and I thought you said, and it was very well spoken to start the show, um, just sort of what is happening with, with the rioting that has now taken place. Obviously, this on the heels of the tragedy with George uh, Floyd in Minnesota. Um, what went on there? Reprehensible, disgusting. Um, you know, all of us have seen it. I wish I wouldn't have seen it because I, I wasn't aware of what I was watching until after the fact. And it was terrible. Um, and you see all of this stuff. And one of the things that you were pointing out is this is a time in when coaches and mentors in the world of sports can really have a positive impact. And so for people that, that missed it earlier, um, if you could just, you know, explain again your point in looking at this uh, from this approach, you being a coach and obviously a former player. I mean, Jonas, this is a great opportunity for coaches to really get around their young people. Coaches are nothing more than teachers. They actually, they are teachers. And so the best leaders understand how to take these moments, these teachable moments and encourage, enlighten, and inspire their young people. So a lot of times we think about a coach being, a hey man, he's a player's coach. He's down for his, his team when he wears Jordans or he dances around the locker room or he does all these cool things that appear to kind of engage him to the, the, the team, the young generation. But really what young people want, they want someone that can lead them and guide them. And in these tough times, they need coaches that can – help them have these hard conversations, understand what's going on, support them as they're trying to find their way through it, whether that's becoming more active or activist or tapping into their activism, however you want to phrase it. They need to sit down and not only worry about the player and what they can do on the football field or the basketball court or the diamond, but 
how can we help them become more rounded young people? And so I just would like to see these coaches who always kind of proclaim themselves to be the leader of young men or pseudo father figures. Well, this is a great opportunity for you to lead these young people when they really desperately are looking for leadership from the top. And I think it's another reason. And a couple of years ago when, and I don't want to say that football was being attacked, but you know, the conversation was had, well, would you let your child play football? And this was based on the fact that you saw all of the, you know, the evidence now that we know about CTE and concussions and the physical damage that it does and the toll that it takes on your body. And so the question was, oh, would you would you let your child play football? And there's been a lot of people, even former uh, football players that would say, oh, absolutely not. I would never let my child play football. But I think this is actually, to your point, a reason why I think there is a benefit to letting your child play football. Obviously, we know the physical aches and pains and all that, but I just take my own uh, experience. I wasn't a fraction of the football player that you were. I was, I was, I was undersized in high school. I was terrible, but those friends and those relationships that I made just playing high school football for a, for a, a mediocre to bad football program that was never going to do anything. And I hardly ever played those relationships. I still have all these years later. And it's relationships with whites. Uh, it's I, I met I met blacks. I met uh, Guatemalans, Mexican. You name it. It was all sort of in this same locker room. And one of the points you made earlier was. It brings you together. Sports, things like that, when you come up, bring you together. And I think this is another example of the benefit to playing organized sports because you learn to coexist with people. You'll hear the stories about the Richie Incognitos and things like that to where stuff will get made public and it looks really, really ugly on the outside and even on the inside for a lot of people. But there are the positive aspects to it. Yes, the physical toll it takes, you can't deny. Yes, the evidence of what it does potentially to your brain you can't deny but what it does to your soul what it does to you as a man as a person growing up i think those lessons are invaluable and it's exact and tom brady in his interview with howard stern tom brady even said man i've gotten so much out of it that that i would absolutely let my kids play based on what it, what it's done for me beyond the money and beyond the uh, all of the other things the accolades just the relationships that you build i just think are so invaluable yeah, they are invaluable. And I was very, very fortunate. Um, in high school, I played for a coach, Earl Smith, who was uh, one of the winningest coaches in the state. Great man. Um, like, outside of my dad, he's one of the more influential people in my life. My senior year on our football team, uh, we had a teammate pass away on the field. He died on the field during our conditioning drill. And it was the first kind of encounter for me with a real-life Death. And so if you can imagine the high school coach, a team of about 80 players that are around that witness that, that have to deal with that, they have to grieve in real time. Coach Smith had to navigate that. And when you think about a high school team and the different races and ethnicities that you have coming together, people come from different backgrounds to be the head coach. You have to like lead all of these different people. And I can say that and watching him navigate us through that situation, um, that's real leadership. And so this will impact a lot of young athletes all over the country, and they're looking to their coaches for guidance. And so this is the time where your coaches have to step up. They have to provide that leadership. They have to be mentors in these situations, and they have to do it without worrying about 
public perception and if they speak out on these things, what it may do with boosters and the like, they really have to pour into their young people because ultimately that's what everyone says they get in it for. So now we have a chance to see how many people are really in it for those reasons. It's one of the best decisions I ever made was playing organized sports and I wasn't good. Like it just, but like what it did for me and it had nothing to do with, with, with anything other than just the fact that you are forced to get uncomfortable. You're forced to be around things you're never around, things that you aren't used to, and it sort of conditions you for having to deal with that stuff later on. And I know I found myself, and I come from a big family, and they're always fighting, and we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so it was you were fighting for everything that you could possibly get, and you always had to work. But I just, I think that there are times when you can use difficulties to move forward. And I just always think when, when things happen, like the, the tragedy and when you see people outraged by, by what is going on and the rioting and all that stuff, I I'm the same as you. I feel like there's a chance here to do something that can, that can push this thing forward. So if it's ever encountered again, you can look back on it and you probably don't even think about this cause you're in the moment, but what you just mentioned, the tragedy of seeing a teammate, pass away during a conditioning drill and seeing how your coach handled it, you probably didn't realize it at the moment, but all these years later, now you find yourself as a coach and you now have the opportunity to pay it forward. And I think what uh, what football has taught me and what it, I think it teaches a lot of people is take what you have and pay it forward. And I think this is another opportunity to do so. Yeah. I mean, it is a great opportunity. And like we kid all the time about like, uh, my relationship as a head coach at Granada Hills Charter. But I can say, like, uh, when I took that job, um, I called my high school coach and I continued to talk to him, and he's kind of guided me through that. And, I mean, who would think that 30 years later that we're still connected uh, like that, that we still um, are able to talk um, on a on a periodic and regular basis and inquire about what's going on in each other's lives and for him to kind of give back and kind of teach me how to teach others. Like that's what it's about. And you talk about sports and teammates and team sports in particular. The great things about team sports, you can learn about commitment, accountability, and trust, but it's also the bonds, the connections, the people talk about family all the time, but being able to kind of be around a, a group of people that really are willing to sacrifice their own individual stuff for the sake of the team. And if you think about taking that out and if you can learn those lessons and take those out to the real world where you can help those and protect those that need to be protected and all those things, those are the lessons and the values that you're supposed to get from sports. Like, yeah, the scoreboard is this, but it's really the other stuff that comes out of sports that should be the good stuff why sports should be celebrated. Um, what was the first time when you called your high school coach? What was the first incident that you said, "Oh, now I know what he was talking about back then"? <laughs> like, like, what was like, like, what, like, what player of um, yours did something that you thought well, how just, hell? just, just uh, so many different things, right? So, so my, <laughs> like, my coach, like Coach Smith, was like a stickler. Like he was a disciplinarian, like no other. Like everything had to be like tucked and shined and socks the right way and all this other stuff and. He kicked off my sophomore season. He kicked off the best player on the football team. The best player on the team. He kicked him off because he missed practice. And, like, it was the playoffs. And everyone's like, <laughs> wow. Like, 
Coach Smith, so I called him on that, and he said, "Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore." Because he, he left, <laughs> he, he left, but he, he just talked about how, like, with the changing times or whatever, like you have to give them second chances, and you got to kind of help them work through instances and situations. But trust me, I picked up the phone on multiple occasions this season, <laughs> just kind of talking to him about random things, and he was always there, so he's one of the best. That's amazing. Uh, Bucky Brooks, Jonas Knox here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. All right, so somebody on this show, and I don't want to give away too much, but somebody on this show has come up with their top improved units in the NFL. The top improved, the most improved units in the National Football League. We'll have those next here on FSR. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio, we have got the scraps with David Gascon, some things in the world of sports we have not had a chance to get to. Uh, that'll be happening about 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. So, uh, Bucky Brooks, you write for NFL.com, and every single week you'll sort of have a couple of different thoughts, um, and, and you'll put it out there. I think usually you, you come out with those on Friday, correct? 
Yeah, Friday. Friday's when the notebook comes out. It's a lot of fun. A lot yeah. of fun digging into those topics. And so you talked about, obviously, this week, uh, Baker Mayfield and the chance to improve this season. Uh, you also talked about uh, Melvin Gordon and the opportunity for Melvin Gordon. Gardner Minshew and, and Jay Gruden. Gardner Minshew talking about they, they should have a, a, a chip on their shoulder. Jay Gruden, the new offensive coordinator there. But you also broke down your top five mm. most improved units. So this isn't just one of these top, you know, we're going player by player, position by position. You broke down the top five most improved units. And I think number one may be a little bit surprising to some people based on the fact that they've been in a little bit of a down spell the past several years. But a team, after giving away and trading away Minka Fitzpatrick, you think the Miami Dolphins secondary under Brian Flores is about to take the next step. Absolutely. I, I, I love what they're doing. Uh, Jonas, in the scouting business, the biggest thing that you look for outside of evaluating personnel is can you evaluate it where it fits into the scheme? So you want to make sure that you bring in people that are perfect fits for how you want to play. And what the Miami Dolphins have been able to do the entire offseason, they've, they've, they've brought in a bunch of really good players that fit what Brian Flores wants to do offensively and defensively. But in the secondary, just adding Byron Jones with Xavier Howard gives them an opportunity to really make a move in the AFC East. And I'll say this about Byron Jones, because Byron Jones doesn't get his hands on a lot of balls. He only has two career interceptions, and I want to say 77 games. But what he has been able to do is he is a terrific one-on-one corner, meaning bump and run, nose-to-nose. He's a great athlete, does a great job of kind of winning at the line of scrimmage. And so when you have him on one side, Xavier Howard on the other side, you now can play man-to-man. The Miami Dolphins played man-to-man, and one of the top five teams in terms of the number of defensive snaps they played in man-to-man. So if you want to go and get corners, you got to get corners that can play that way. And so by bringing Byron Jones over with some of the other guys that they already have on that defense side of the ball, I think you can see a, a much improved defense, uh, a better showing from the Dolphins this year than they did the first year under Brian Flores. Uh, if they struggle this year, is Flores going to get canned? No, no. I think this is a long-term play. And understand this, they took a step back personnel-wise last year, and they played and competed and did a really good job. Now they have Tua Tungavaloa that will come in. Maybe we'll get a chance to see him. Maybe not. Um They just will be a better team. They understand it. I think he'll be better in his second year as the head coach because he has a better feel for being the head coach and all the responsibilities that come with that. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the Miami Dolphins, and people are looking at the AFC East and the vulnerability of the Patriots and the fact that the Miami Dolphins have beaten the Patriots and they kind of have a feel for that. There are some people that are looking at the Miami Dolphins and saying, hey, they can make a move in the AFC East. And even though the Buffalo Bills have kind of been anointed as the next team, I wouldn't sleep or dismiss the Miami Dolphins in terms of their ability to make a surge. And look, I like Brian Flores, and I hope it works out because I like when teams actually give their coaches a chance to succeed, whether it's San Francisco. uh, They give Kyle Shanahan a six-year deal and say, it's up to you. Matt Rule in Carolina, he got, what, a seven-year deal, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken. Um, So I like the fact John Gruden got a 10-year deal. I like the fact that they're saying, this is our coach, and we're moving forward with him. So I like Brian Flores. It's similar to what uh, Jacksonville did a few years ago with Gus Bradley. They gave Gus Bradley so many chances to get it right, and ultimately, at least they knew at the end of the day, it just didn't work out, and they had to go in a different direction. I'll just say this. My one my one complaint when it comes to Brian Flores, right? my one complaint. Mm-hmm. One complaint. 
Would you just, like, trade Josh Rosen somewhere and give him a chance to compete, please? Can Josh Rosen get at least one chance to really compete for a job? Nah. Why not? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen right away because you got to wait and see. You got to wait and see because here's the thing why they can't let him go right now. They need to wait and see what happens with Tua. How soon can Tua be up and ready uh, to play? What is that injury like? Does he need to go on IR for the first eight or so weeks because if he needs to be on IR the first part of the season or PUP, uh, the physically unable to perform list, then you need to have Josh Rosen available to be your number two. So no, Josh, you got to sit right here and you got to live the life in Miami as a backup. Are you saying that's a bad life to live in Miami as a backup? No, there are a lot worse places. <laughs> I, I tell me about I mean, it. Yeah, <laughs> lot, I mean, he's he's been to two very very nice places as a backup. Yeah, there's uh, Scottsdale and South Beach. Just not not, <laughs> not mean, bad places I mean, to go. Yeah, uh, yeah from cactus to palm trees, but it's <laughs> but it's what's in between, as they say, uh, Bucky Brooks. Uh, so no, I just uh, and and by the way, this whole story that came out, um, there was uh, I don't remember who the source was because there's so many sources nowadays, but that the expectation or that it's almost a foregone conclusion that two is going to play week one. I don't think he's playing week one. I don't think he's starting week one. I think that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm, oh, I'm not yeah. It. Look, understand this. Um, I guess I saw this stat. The last 86 games where Chan Gailey has been the coach, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been his quarterback in 72 of those games. <laughs> um, part of bringing him over was one to simplify the offense so they can make it easier for the young guys to understand. It was a little more complex last year, but also they wanted to be able to put a system in place that would work for their quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously knows the system. Uh, Chan Gailey's comfortable building around it, so if he needed to be the bridge this year, he could do it. But then the other stuff, Tua Tungvaloa and what he does. Tua Tua is an outstanding RPO quarterback. So the run pass options where he sticks the ball in the belly and he makes a decision based on the reaction of the defense. Tua is a master of that. Well. The first guy to introduce that to the National Football League would be Chan Gailey. He did it with Tyler Thigpen out of Coastal Carolina oh, back God. when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs around 2007, 2008. And so he understands that and is willing to be able to adapt and build and all those things around uh, a young quarterback. So, now nah, this would be a, a really good opportunity for this offense to grow and get much better. Wait a second. So Tyler Thigpen was the first RPO quarterback in the NFL? See, people, uh, 2007, 2008, they ran um, a spread offense in the National Football League for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Tyler Thigpen had some success running it. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. But, yeah, so Chan Gailey was an innovator. Uh, He was one of the guys that was willing to kind of come in and and do his deal. in the National Football League, like he wow. took, yeah, he took college concepts and did it. And I think you also have to understand what uh, Chan Gailey did. Chan Gailey also ushered in Cordell Stewart when Cordell Stewart made the transition yep. from slash to quarterback. So he's very, very adaptable, very versatile. He understands kind of how to do it. And so, yeah. Chan I mean, Gailey. Uh, who would have thought? It's like uh, if you were to ask somebody, hey, whoever hit, who hit the first uh, ever three point shot in NBA history? It was Chris Ford. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just would never think, like, wait, what? Like, yeah, that's you the first? You didn't think that. Yeah, so here we go. Um, 2008. I mean, the results aren't spectacular, but. but he still tried it. He look, he threw eight, 18 touchdowns. Look, you, 18 you know, tubs, two interceptions. You know this as a as a uh, coach. Just because a play doesn't work doesn't mean somebody's not going to steal it. They, <laughs> they may look at it and go, "Well, you just didn't do it right. Let yeah. me let me add my flair to it." Yeah. So no, nah, like man, this dude, 14 games he played in with the Chiefs that year. Um, another uh, one of the other, th- and this is a scary thought. 
Um, Baltimore, who was the number one seed in the AFC a year ago, um, John Harbaugh, who who regrets, um, you know, resting his starters and having them sit out that long because he thought that Russ did play a factor into their loss to Tennessee. I would also say, um, you know, Derrick Henry uh, spinning Earl Thomas like a top also played a factor into uh, mm-hmm. into Baltimore losing that game. But you, your second most improved unit in the NFL is the Ravens defensive line. There are certain teams that just for whatever reason, figure out a position better than everybody else. Um, the Steelers always seem to find a wide receiver. The Bears always seem to figure out the linebacker position historically. And the Ravens always seem to figure it out on defense. And you think the defensive line is even better than it was a year ago? It's absolutely better. They got beat up at in, in, in the playoffs. They got beat up by the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans went in there with an old school game playing. Derrick Henry just kind of bludgeoned them at the point of attack. And to their credit, the Baltimore Ravens recognize it. And they've made... Uh, significant a, a number of moves to try and improve that. Calais Campbell com, comes over from the Jacksonville Jaguars, gives them an interior presence, not only as just a run defender, but as a, a really good pass rusher. And then you go and you think about Derek Wolf coming over from the Broncos to give them another guy on the inside. They drafted Justin Metabuike to, uh, from Texas A&M to give them. So three moves they made to fortify that interior of the defense. They understand exactly what is needed. And then when you add two inside linebackers, and that's not a part of the position group, but Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, two bigger bodies on the inside that can run and do some things. They're committed to upgrading the inside part of that defense. But yeah, that D-line is outstanding. Why is that organization so well run? I mean, it's like it's them. It's Philadelphia. There are just certain organizations that are so much more well run. They seem so much more organized. They always figure it out in the draft. What is this just remnants of Ozzie Newsome and the precedents that he set there in Baltimore? And they're just basically, it's a copy and paste from what Ozzie Newsome was doing? No, I, th- I think, yeah, obviously, Ozzie deserves a ton of credit. Hall of Fame player, uh, player that made the transition to being a general manager, learned it, really respected it, did a lot in Cleveland under Bill Belichick, kind of learned how to kind of go about the scouting business. And then when he went to the Ravens as a general manager, he's really, really figured it out. And then yeah. Eric DaCosta is a guy that worked for years under Ozzie. And all those guys, like there's a level of continuity and stability in Baltimore that doesn't necessarily exist in other organizations. So for 20-plus years, They've been scouting and evaluating players the same way. And so that consistency, knowing exactly what you want, being able to identify those critical factors, they're able to do that. And then what Eric DaCosta has been able to do, he has been able to quickly rebuild this offense around Lamar Jackson. And so it is a hard job that he's been able to accomplish, but he's been able to take a guy who is a dual threat quarterback, who's not a traditional or prototypical quarterback, but put pieces around him that complement his game because they complement his game so well, they've been able to elevate his game. And so that's what the Ravens have been able to do. And they've been doing it for years. When you go back and look at the drafts, they've always been one of the teams that have been more successful when it comes to identifying top-notch talent. And it's even just their different approach to things. Like they saw John Harbaugh. Oh, he's never been a, a he's been a special teams coach, but he's never called plays or anything like that. We're fine with it. Let's go ahead and make him a hire. And he's got a Super Bowl. He's got a bunch of deep playoff runs, a bunch of division championships. That was a different approach. Um, drafting Lamar Jackson. As you said it, let's take what he does and let's build around it. That's also, I think, a different approach than a lot of people do. So it feels like they just, for whatever reason, 
And and I don't know if it's just that they've been such momentum has carried them to this point to where it's almost automatic now the decisions they make, but they just seem like all it's like you you find out they're doing draft grades after the draft, and it's like oh well who had a great draft? Of course Baltimore did because Baltimore seemingly always has a good draft. They just for whatever reason, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm never gonna doubt. Even though Ravens fans were booing Lamar Jackson in his first playoff game, all right, that needs to be pointed out. They were booing him and they wanted Joe Flacco. If I'm a Ravens fan, I gotta feel good knowing that they're going to do it right majority of the time like they have the past couple of decades yeah the, the, the more times than not they're going to do it they're going to do it right they have a clear vision for who they want on their team like they talked about they're one of the first ones to coin um play like a raven we've seen other teams they play like whatever um but play like a raven they know exactly what they want they want guys that are tough guys that are fast and athletic guys that really really love ball and it matters in in terms of the, the personalities of the player they want to take on different personalities but if those guys have that that core those core things inside they can deal with it and I think the one thing that I've, I respect from the Ravens having sat with their scouts, having learned from Ozzie and some of the other guys that have been there in that organization, they just go and get football players. And I know people say, what do you mean by football players? Like the, they typically just go and get the guys that were the best guys on Saturday. They just go and get those guys because the guys that are the best guys on Saturday are typically going to be the best guys on Sunday. And you don't overcomplicate it with workouts and numbers and those things. But if you just kind of stick to the script, like the guys that you see show up in the highlight reels every Saturday, Jonas, those are typically going to be the same guys that show up on Sunday, and the Baltimore Ravens have been able to do that. That's why they've been successful. Uh, Bucky Brooks, Jonas Knox here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Although we're apart these days, we are sharing more, and Geico's sharing more, too, with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. Up next, things in the world of sports and beyond we have not had a chance to get to. We'll have those for you next year on FSR, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, uh, Tom Brokaw, who's on the updates today? That's Commander David Gascon. Yeah, Gascon. Yeah, one final trip around memory lane. How the hell did they know that I got gas? How the hell did they know that I got gas? It's one of those things, man. It's just... (laughs) I need to pick up my cardio. I need to get back in the gym. I need to get on the gas. Yeah, it'll be a while for you getting to the gym, bro. Yeah, when when are the gyms going to (laughs) open? It'll be a while. Yeah, when's that happening? It'll be a while. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Man, uh, guys, the UFC prelims are going on right now. Uh, get that all that action. will start tonight officially with the main card at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. Uh, NBA getting back to work on Thursday. At least the vote is going to come on with the league's board of governors. Looking to uh, approve Commissioner Adam Silver's recommendation on a format to restart the season down in Orlando. Looking to take place in July at some point as well. Diamondbacks of Arizona have laid off about a quarter of their staff, but they are vowed to pay their minor league players at least until the end of June. Guys in the NFL, uh, George Kittle looking for a long-term deal, but according to NFL Network, he is far and apart away from what the San Francisco 49ers are offering at this point. Back to you guys. Typical, typical Iowa Hawkeye. Just uh, raking his team over the coals. What a shock. Typical Hawkeye. All yeah. about me, me, me. Yeah. What a shock. All right. 
Uh, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, we've got the remainder of Bucky Brooks's most improved units in the NFL. We'll get to that here 12 minutes from now. Right now, though, it is time for this. You moron. How could you not get to these stories? You moron. These are the scraps. And for that, we turn it over to the great and powerful David Gascon, the gas man himself, to find out what the hell we've missed so far on the show, Dave. So, Jonas and Bucky, I need your your ears real quick. And Iowa Sam and Lee, you guys can also pay attention to if you'd like. Um, I'm going to run down this list for you real quick. Clinton, Centerville, Ottumwa, Fort Madison, Keokuk, Red Oak, Des Moines, Waterloo, Perry, and Davenport. What do all 10 of those names and places have in common? Um, oh, geez. I'm going to say those are all hardware stores in the Midwest. Bucky? Hmm. Man, I'm stumped. I almost need a lifeline. All right. I was saying, can you help me? No, no, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you. I will uh, I'll avoid any more guessing. Uh, guys, that is the uh, 10 worst places to live in Iowa in 2020. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hold, hold on. Hold on. Who's number one again? Does he say Waterloo? No, Waterloo is eight, I believe. Okay. who's ne- What's number one? I, uh, I just closed that out. Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, they make these lists and... Why is this a part of the it's, scraps? It's, Cl- it's Clinton. Clinton's the number one. Why, I mean, why Clinton tr- smells like dog food. I'm not going to lie. Why are you triggered right now? <laughs> he is triggered. I'm not triggered. Why I've seen these right lists, now? and I agree with most of it. All right. uh, why, why is this coming on? During Sam, the Sam, where in Iowa are you from? Which city? I was born Clinton. in Iowa City. No. Actually, you know who's from Clinton? I- Iowa City. You know who's from Clinton? Who? Uh, David Johnson. He's oh. from Clinton. How about that? Did not know that. Who Born cares? Hey, uh, Sam, where were you? running back, David Johnson. Sam, where uh, where did you grow up in Iowa? Where's I grew your hometown? up mostly in Iowa City, and then I spent some time at my folks' farm, but mostly Iowa City. Okay. Iowa City, Iowa. The farm. Right, so, so what city yes. would that would that farm be in? Uh, my farm, without giving too much away, it's in Scott County, which is east of where I grew up. So, What what do you think? Do you think somebody's going to go to the door and ask for an autograph? I, I was Sam Groupie all of a oh sudden. Oh, God. Just wow. protecting my interests, you know? You were I such mean, a snob. Gosh, for, for somebody that was asking for addresses what are you trying a couple to get weeks here, ago. Jonas? What, I'm just saying, what, what, for somebody, what are you trying to, what's for your somebody, analogy? Huh? For somebody who was asking for addresses a couple of weeks ago, I'm just saying, you sure are uh, very sensitive about yeah, getting that was, yours. That was actually for me. Yeah. I, uh, Some addresses can be found online, I'm just saying. Jesus. We're going to do a background check of Iowa. Scott County (laughs) Farm. There's a lot of them out there, so good luck. (laughs) Hold on. I'm literally Google searching this. This is making me uncomfortable. I'm I'm Google searching this. No, so Scott County Farm with... Actually, you know what I'll do? I'll do this on the air. This will be fine. Hold on a second. second. We're not on the air right now? All right. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Wait, you're live. Hold on a second. Do it live. Scott County Farm <laughs> with beer bottles in the front yard. What do we you found it, didn't you? What do we got? Hold on. Damn it, didn't work. Son of a bee. Well, listen, I'll get to it. I'm trying, Sam. I'm, I'm trying. Dave, I'm doing my part here. I, I just know, I, I don't want to give out the address. Oh, I, my, we oh, we know it's a joke. It's a joke, yeah. for God's sake. You, you give them one extra minute on the Iowa Minute, and this is what you get. And it's like, you go. you're bringing up Iowa more than me. Well, this is you know crazy. What, by the way, you know what's so great about Wrigleyville? Um, well, not right now, because there's no baseball. <laughs> a, a dead but, goat? I don't know. Uh, Eric Caros, Eric Caros, former Major League Baseball player, he played one season with the Cubs. Yeah. And he said that 
people around the neighborhood knew where he lived because he lived in Wrigleyville. Oh, yeah. So he would come back after they would win a game, and people would leave beer cans and beer oh. bottles <laughs> as a gift to him on his front door. That's like good. he never got harassed. They just knew where his address was. So that's good. There's that. Um, guys, UFC is going on tonight right now. I have seen this only once in my time watching the UFC. I don't know if you guys have too often, but Chris Gutierrez won tonight. TKO via a leg kick. Oh, yeah. Omar Morales, they have a couple shots of him digitally online right now. Uh, Spinning Backfist actually has this. His calves look like, Mm -hmm. I mean... I've seen it. Well, I mean, the most famous is when Anderson Silva threw a leg kick. And, <laughs> Just snapped and, it in half? And, yeah, and Chris Weidman checked it, and his leg yeah, literally wrapped I'm, around yeah, like a dish rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm bad. traumatized by this, too. That was like vintage blood sport. I don't know how he came back. He I hasn't. Bet. He's been whooped every like every every fight since. Like every fight since, he's yeah, been knocked out. He went from being the most feared fighter to everybody wants to take take on Anderson Silva. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's not like he you know came back with a peg leg or anything like that. <laughs> he still he still fought. I mean, they, the surgery repaired it, but man, those leg kicks are nasty. Yeah, man. that was brutal. Uh, that was a good one, guys. Before we get out of here, I wanted to bring this up because I don't know if we've seen this too often. Roger Goodell today issued a statement via social media. He said the NFL family is greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. The protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. Our deepest condolences go out to the family, Mr. George Floyd, and to those who have lost loved ones as well. And he adds to that. But do you guys remember the last time the NFL has made that kind of a statement? we, We get this from the NBA. But how often have we gotten something like this from Roger Goodell and the National Football League? Well, I think people are expecting, um, you know, celebrities and people with power that that can use their voice uh, and and have some power and that have some weight to it. They're expecting them to speak out on this because it's because it, it affects everybody. It's not. Like, look, it, it affects the African-American community. Um, it also affects um, police officers around the country. There are some that do it the right way that are now going to be looked at as potentially doing it the wrong way. There's going to be, um, I, you know, obviously the family of George Floyd are impacted by this. His friends, all of it like this. This isn't just a black white thing. This is an everybody thing. And so more and more people are speaking out on it because it involves more and more than just, you know, a, a cop. Uh, using excessive force and murdering a guy in the streets of Minnesota, this extends to everybody in the country. Yeah, no doubt. With social media, obviously, this thing is all front and center. So, I mean, it's not like you'd have hearsay or you'd have any kind of reports from from eyewitnesses that maybe saw something, heard something. This is front and center, broad daylight, or, of course, at nighttime like we've seen over the last 24 to 48 hours. It's crazy. It's sad. Um, all right, there he is, Dave Gascon. Uh, Jonas Knox, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, we will continue on Bucky's top five most improved units in the NFL. Maybe one or two surprises left. That's next year on FSR. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can uh, check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio, it is Brian No and George Reister. They will be taking over the airwaves here on FSR. Make sure you stick around. Always a fun listen with Noah and Reister here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, before we get to uh, Bucky Brooks's uh, remaining uh, top five most improved units in the NFL, uh, we do have a, a couple of tweets that came in. Um, we were talking about Scott County, Iowa, where Iowa Sam grew up. And uh, this is what I'm telling you, man. For whatever reason, this segment is popular, and I don't know why. Candace writes in and says, Thank you for mentioning the Iowa Minute again. She listens all the time so she can connect with her grown-up kids. She's an Iowa State alum mom with two University of Iowa alum daughters. All right, so it is it is now oh, that's awesome. Capture the hearts of America. By the way, when you mentioned Scott County, I said I did a Google search on the air. Scott County farm with beer bottles on the front. And she writes, Scott County with beer bottles is every farm. So exactly, yeah. There's there's a shot taken uh, from uh, from Candace who loves the Iowa Minute. We f- we find bush light cans in our ditch all the time. <laughs> okay, so that's good. That's just life there in Iowa, you know. Yeah, that is the mean streets of Iowa, no doubt about it. Um, right. All right, so uh, Bucky Brooks, you were uh, you put together for NFL.com the top five most improved units in the NFL. Uh, number one was the Dolphins secondary. Number two was the Ravens defensive line. Number three, and this is probably the one that I'm most excited about, the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver core, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins with that offense and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. That's going to be a fun watch all year long. It's going to be a great watch. 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming over, we've seen the numbers that he's been able to put up without having, like, consistent quarterback play. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback that he's had. He's had in the last few years, and we've seen those numbers that DeAndre Hopkins has put up. But now you put him in an offense with Larry Fitzgerald on one side. He has a great uh, slot receiver in Christian Kirk who can make plays. Uh, then you put De- DeAndre Hopkins on the outside away from all that attention. He could really, really – put up big numbers and Kyler Murray to me is one of the best young quarterbacks that we've seen I think he's a guy that is going to be in a conversation for the MVP and I know people are going to say like what are the Cardinals going to be even in consideration to win enough games to go over 500 and I'm saying yes this Cardinals team could be explosive they could be dangerous and with him uh, Kyler Murray throwing to DeAndre Hopkins I think you can see fireworks yeah no it's going to be uh, that and that division is going to be awesome the just that whole San Fran, Arizona, the Rams are interesting. Seattle's got, you know, uh, number uh, probably the second best quarterback in the NFL. That's going to be a good one. Um, we talked about Baker Mayfield, all the weapons around him. But checking it at number four of your top five is that Browns offensive line. They were awful a year ago. They've really taken a step up, according to you. Yeah, the Browns being able to get Jedrick Wills. Uh, Jack Conklin, now they've solidified the edges. And this offense is going to be a little different. I think this offense is going to be very, very similar to the way Minnesota Vikings operated. Zone-based running game, getting on the edges with Nick Chubb, running inside, play action, movement-based passes for Baker Mayfield. I think because the edges are protected, you can see Baker Mayfield more comfortable in the pocket, and you can see better play from him. Uh, lastly, number five, checking at number five, Bucky's top five most improved units in the NFL on NFL.com. This could spell bad news for Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, but it's that Falcons defensive line. Yeah, the Falcons defensive line. They needed to get tougher. They needed to be more physical. They needed a nastier edge on the, on the on that defensive line. And so Dante Fowler comes over. Dante Fowler is coming off the best year of his career with the Rams, had 11 and a half sacks. He's kind of figured it out. And so now you have a rough and tumble edge player to go with that defense. They've been looking for someone that could get after the passer. Dante Fowler's that man. I think this Falcons team is going to be better than many people anticipate. Job well done. That was a hell of a four hours for you, Bucky. Brooks. Man, that was a lot of fun, man. It yeah. was a lot of fun. My man, Josh, was a lot of fun. It's what we do. Bucky Brooks, uh, myself, Dave Gascon, Iowa Sam, lead the lap. For everybody listening, uh, we hope you stay safe. We appreciate your time. Brian No, George Reister are next here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, the iHeartRadio app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.